All right, welcome back to a special episode of DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we normally analyze the DC movies by each individual minute. But today we're talking about The Suicide Squad. It's going to be a special bonus review episode. I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And hello, my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And we're just going to keep rolling with it. Today, let's talk about The Suicide Squad, Nate. Um, This is something I kind of had planned that, and I guess this fits with with the movie itself, but sometimes you make plans and it just doesn't work out. Um, I was planning to see this movie with you, uh, hopefully in a theater. I was pretty excited to see what the the newest uh, installment of the DC Cinematic Universe was going to be. also questioning if it was still going to be part of it, but I had I had faith in it. Um, but yeah, this what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit about it in a kind of like a non-spoiler way, just kind of get your snap takes and you know just the overall like adaptation of the comic book. Uh, and then later on in today's episode, we'll get more into spoilers. I was thinking about doing it in a way where we can just go down all the list of characters and just kind of get how you felt about it and we can just yeah yeah go a little bit into it because if we start talking about the characters obviously then it becomes spoiler territory so i figured we'll just do that towards the later part and then after that of course there was another suicide squad movie that we did do a minute by minute uh podcast about so i figured let's talk about david ayer's suicide squad as it compares to James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, um, and just get kind of like your thoughts into that. So without further ado, let's get going, because I'm sure people want to hear this and uh, get going to watching the movie themselves. But uh, do you do you think people are listening to us before they watch the movie? Maybe like one person and hey, rats off to you. But <laughs> I think that's so comic because like we all do it every all these other shows do it they're like hey this is our spoiler for you it's like why are we do it we all saw the movie we all I listen I watched the I'm not gonna listen to a podcast before I'm gonna watch the movie um, you know I did I'm okay s- with doing it spoiler free listen this is how the format is I'm great with it it's fun it makes for fun conversation but these fans these fans Mark I'll say this after they're, the they're episode. They're watching Nate. this beautifully minded movie from James Gunn before they're listening. Disgustingly to us talk about brilliant this. mind of James Gunn. Um, what did I say? Beautifully minded. That's wrong. Something like that. Disturbed. Whatever the stupid tag. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, I, I did have one person who asked me before we even did this podcast episode if they should uh, finish watching the movie. So. I guess you could take the that James as... Gunn or the, the David Ayer one? The James Gunn one. Should I finish watching the David Ayer Suicide Squad movie before I finish? Like, I stopped <laughs> a, four minutes and I'm sorry. I that's get... actually... <laughs> I would not blame you. Because uh, technically I it's not yeah, his that version. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes people do ask. Uh, they do listen to reviews before they go see something because they want to know if they should, uh, quote unquote, waste their time with it. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get into it, tell me about your expectations, Nate. I mean, what was your thoughts going into this movie? Um, mixed bag, uh, expectations were low and that's mainly because I think the bar for just Suicide Squad in my mind is low. 
And that's not a bad thing. It's just like, you know, we talked about it all day and night doing uh, David Ayer's Suicide Squad. But uh, the Suicide Squad was not a property that I was 100% familiar with. So any and all Suicide Squad iterations was just like, you know, bonus stuff. Here's a little, little look into the other side, into other characters, into, you know, the, the B-side villains or, or what have you. Um, so it's still just a low bar. Um, and then, <laughs> and then that bar kind of went a little bit lower, if not a lot a bit lower, when you have the James Gunn thing associated with it, and it's just, uh... I winced. I winced a lot when when this movie would be brought up in conversation or in thoughts and stuff. And it's just like, oh, yeah, the movie's Mm -hmm. coming out. Oh, yeah, the Suicide Squad. And that's fine. You know, the bar was low. I went in with an open mind and I went in to sit down and and watch a a fun, action-packed, witty superhero movie. And it delivered. You know, I got the package. They'd hit the ring doorbell. The guy said, yep, cool. I made him do a little dance for the camera. I put it on the internet. It went viral. And you know what? The movie is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, not to get... I, I, wanna, I wanna dive a little bit deeper into your thoughts about the movie, for sure. Um, okay. And kind of like explain it a little bit more about how you felt about the movie. Um, okay. For me, going into it, I was, I almost had like anxiety going into it. I was very nervous, and I was watching it with someone who had not seen uh, the 2016 su- uh, Suicide Squad movie, nor had they seen Birds of Prey, but they really wanted to see Birds of Prey because they heard a lot of good things about it. And I, okay, I really, really, really do like Birds of Prey. I think that's a really good movie. I know a lot of people. Great movie get upset about creative choices that no, happen in wrong. that movie. It's I think it's a fantastic movie. Um going into this one, I know the James Gunn style and I know why a lot of people are totally on board with this and they're like, this is gonna be great. You've got the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. I get it. I understand all that. And I, I that's not what really worried me i'm not one of those people that's kind of like i don't know rolling my eyes at the that the fact that it is james gunn i'm just worried about things that mentally i have to prepare for which is like stuff like the boys and brightburn you've seen a lot of rated r superhero material lately that show extreme levels of violence in a way that is meant to be seen as like applauded at and that kind of stuff, Action. like as far yeah. as far as anxiety goes, I'm like, I don't know if I can sit through, you know, death in that kind of way. Uh, and so now, go for it. What was your question? I was going to ask you a question, really, to just that point. So, with that mindset and your anxiety dialed up to an eleven right now, I'm not entirely sure the best movie would be to watch like a team up movie where you're just like waiting for 
the team members to just drop. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, wait, yeah. especially in the beginning. It's the beginning of a suicide squad where you just get the team and the team dies. You know, you get, you're just waiting for that character's demise because that's already built into the storyline of Suicide Squad, you yeah. know? And so I think maybe that was why I never really cared to pick up a Suicide Squad book because it was always at the end of the day, I was just like, well, it's too anxiety. I'm always just trying to think, well, who's going to die this time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to who's gonna be the Suicide Squad now? That kind of yeah. BS. But, like, I and I wanted, I, I think in 2010 and 2011 when they were doing the whole shtick of Suicide Squad slash the Suicide Squad and all that stuff, I think my anxiety was at the same level that you're at now talking about. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, I can't. I can't do another team-up. I can't do another team-up of rotating characters. And I can't, like care <laughs> i can't yeah i can't get myself to care about these characters i already have enough on my plate hell new 52 superman and wonder woman are dating i mean come on i think it was more like i'm scared that the movie won't care for them you know like that's my fear my oh, fear is going that was going mm-hmm. we'll get into it my mm. my fear is that the and especially like the way that you know those other extreme graphic uh, comic book adaptations are going now it's like I want there to be some heart and to care about it and that's like going into this movie that's what I'm worried about um, I know what I'm getting into it's it's the Suicide Squad I know that there is going to be especially that they're finally doing a rated R version it's like yes we're finally getting into what exactly I'm expecting it's like I'm expecting to see exactly what I'm 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 fearing um, which is great. That's what the whole movie is supposed to be, but that's what worries me. So I'm going into it going, you know, if it's going to have what the audiences expect to be, that James Gunn beat humor, like right in the middle of something serious, and then also mixed in with like the boys' level of graphic violence, like that combination just really put my anxiety up to like a 10. And I was like, you know, talking to the person I was seeing it with, I was like, I'm going to watch this movie you don't have to watch this movie with me. I, I don't want you to sit here with me. I'm not forcing you to watch this movie with me. But they they watched it with me, and, and they enjoyed it for a little bit, and then they went to go do something else and came back later. Um, and I watched it with two other people, and that was the same exact, same exact chemical makeup. <laughs> yeah. Same dynamic. I just knew that it was something I had to watch and, and to like invest my time in and to get the story. And I just, um, I didn't want to put that kind of experience onto someone. You don't want to force someone into a situation like the Suicide Squad and be like, all right, this is going to be extremely like graphic. Pedal to the metal, yeah. Yeah, and then also there's going to be gar- Guardians levels of, of humor in it. And even that turns people off. And if that's you're one of those people you're going to get both you're going to get you're going to get the humor you're going to get the the graphic violence it's the suicide squad so that's what i was you know going into it that's what i was um expecting uh and bracing myself for uh speaking of you know watching the movie you know i said that uh, you know i had i had this thought that you and i would go see it in a theater together um we would talk about it afterwards uh, and then life happened, and <laughs> that obviously wasn't the case. So, mm-hmm. um, how did you end up watching the movie? Did you watch it on like a TV, or did you just watch it? I'm, um, you know, 
uh, obviously watch. not the, th- the Apple Watch. Oh yeah, you got the the smart mm-hmm. watch that you can watch TV on. I heard about those. Yeah. Got the t- got the TV one. Oh my god, I didn't even realize they that's in the movie. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Bit of a spoiler, but it's okay. Um Yeah, but like I'm so beside myself that I just said that without even thinking about it being from the movie. That's very funny. No, I, I watched it on my computer. That. You did. Oh, yeah. And I like completely walked into it blind. Um yeah, I watched it on my computer. Um I know that we had just recently uh, got a new TV in in our uh place that you and I reside in, domicile. Hey, little tip bill uh, backstage access. Um and I was going to watch it on that TV, but I had there were two of, of of two other of our friends that were that were online and hanging out and I watched it with them uh the two people in question were dave and gabe uh you know people don't know who they are but hey they're friends of ours um gabe actually had watched it literally right before jumping into the party that i was watching it and he was just like oh yeah i just i just ended it i I watched it again and i was like okay it's fine i had a blast watching it with them it was very fun i watched it on my computer I got uh, 1080, 1920, 144. You know, I'm still, I'm rocking it. Um, mm-hmm. We were streaming it on uh, Discord at first, but it was, it, it didn't look good. And I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to bring it up on my own because I don't want to watch this uh, blurry. You know, I want to watch it in 4K or whatever. Someone was streaming it for you? Yeah, yeah, David. So like... Uh, <laughs> No. You and Mike are the only people that that have like the special kind of Discord that like will have the no 1080, latency and stuff 60, like yeah. yeah. So so like it was streamed and it was 720 and I was like I don't want to watch the 720 and I got about 10 minutes in and David was just like you know suck it up you know how many movies I've watched with you at 720 I was like okay that's fair and I was just like no dude I can't I I need to watch this movie like clear I need to see everything so yeah we no. paused it and then the three of us. Um, me, David, and Gabe uh, on our own brought it up and just hit play at the same time. So we were like, okay, we're just going to, you know, synchronize. Sync. Yeah. 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 So we watched it. Um, yeah, I watched it on my computer. I was in my room. I was very comfortable. Um, I was, I enjoyed the way that I watched this movie. You know, I watched it with mm-hmm. friends. I wasn't, you know, we, we were shouting over things we were making jokes it was it was a good time it wasn't just like hey let's sit in a theater and nobody talk there are movies Mm -hmm. where i need to do that but then there's also movies where it's just like you you gotta crack a joke and this is a movie to crack jokes left and right with um you know and it was it was fun i had i had a blast i had a blast watching this movie it was it was a very enjoyable time um, if we were to go th- to the theaters and see it, I think I would have been disappointed. And mainly because, not about the movie, but because of that experience where mm-hmm. I would have been like, Mark, I wish we watched this at our place so I could just look over to you and just be like, look at that shit. You know, like, come on. Yeah. And I, you elbow know, you in the side and be like, get a load of this guy. That kind of, that kind of shtick. Um, when I think about it, like comic book movies, blockbuster movies, they have like kind of the beats where there are jokes or there are like sudden shock value moments. They usually have yes. like a bit of buffering for, and it always feels like this is when the audience should be laughing, so they give it that a kind laugh. of pause. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, There's built-in like, beats for that shit. In a movie theater, you can only clap or laugh. And, like, that's the only thing that you're allowed to do in a movie theater as far as show excitement. You're not allowed to start riffing right there in, in the buffer zone. And, like, you could do that at home. You know, you're watching TV. 100%. And we you did can it. Use, you can use that time to, to get a little joke in yourself. Um, but, um, yeah, for me, I, I watched it on – I tried to get as much of the theater experience at, at home as I could – and I watched it on a 70-inch 4K TV. So Jesus I, Christ. <laughs> I don't want Are you serious? It. Yeah. Soundbar, subwoofer, Damn, all those things. You got John Verney, John Cena, like big old pores and everything. You could see all the veneers in his mouth and all that stuff. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. You could see all I'm up jealous. inside I'm uh, jealous. The, uh, the big bad at the end of the movie. Um you know, I, I try to get that theater experience because I wanted to see this movie in theaters. And I don't want people to think that because I watched it on HBO Max that I'm not supporting this movie at all. Like, if I had the opportunity, I would have seen it in theaters. I mean, I pay for HBO Max. I still pay for DC uh, Universe or DC Infinite, it's called now. We're paying for the property. Technically, I got tickets to see this movie, like a pre-screening for free, and I didn't go to it. So, I'm seeing it. You know, well, I mean, like, yeah, but don't I don't think you should put it in a mindset of I'm not paying for this or I'm not uh, uh, contributing any any anything to to Warner Brothers or DC Comics or anything. You have the mm-hmm. HBO subscription that right yeah. there is is the that's your money right there. I mean, yeah, but I, I feel for that bad boy. I want to show support for, um, you know, these movies I I want, and I and I think. You know, if, if people are wondering if they should or should not see this movie or, you know, whatever they have, I think you should. I think every comic book movie deserves to be watched. Um, if you like seeing comic book adapted movies or television shows, you've got to support it. Even if, like, you want something else out of it, you've got to show them that there's money to be made in exploring these different corners of comic books. That's why I think it's important to at least give this movie a watch, invest in in one viewing of it at least. You don't have to go to the movie theaters if you're already paying for HBO Max, but just give it a watch and and let them know that the comic book industry, as far as movie making goes, like there's still stuff to invest in it. Because if we don't support it, then it's easier for them to just not make them any anymore. Um, so, with that being said, Nate. What did you think of the Suicide Squad movie? The Suicide Squad was a fun movie. The Suicide Squad was an absolutely far better movie than the last James Gunn movie that I saw, which was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, the Suicide Squad was a whole hell of a lot better than Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy 2. It was not better than Guardians 1, and I liked the story that David Ayer was trying to tell more. Mm. That being said, I had a lot of fun watching The Suicide Squad the other night. It was enjoyable. Um, I think watching the movie with two of my other friends in a very relaxed setting 
in my room where I can crack the jokes and, you know, do fuck all, whatever I wanted to do. I think that added to my enjoyment experience. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. There are particular things in this movie that I really, really enjoyed um, because it is, it, it touched, it pulled on some heartstrings of just like young Nathan DC comic stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like here, now you're 20 years later and you get to see this now on a big screen or in a movie. And that's really cool. Um, there were some things that I don't care for. I don't necessarily like how James Gunn does team up movies. I think he knows how to do them, but it's just so um, regurgitation and not in a not in a negative way. It's just it's just like just write everything down and then spit it back up sometimes. And that's like, okay, I get you. Sometimes maybe maybe there's too much going on for you, James Gunn. Maybe there's too many characters and you know, you're getting all the beats and the story, but you're not doing justice to these characters that I know. You know, you're not you're not painting the picture of you're not painting the best picture of Harley Quinn. That's bingo right there. Um, I've seen better yeah. Harley Quinn, and that's fine. I, I enjoyed this movie. Snap take. It was fun. It's not the best. It's it's a team up movie. It's better than Guardians two. It's probably on the same level as Guardians one. Probably maybe a little bit less. Um, it was it was it was fine. You know. It's it's fine, and this is me being harsh. I don't. Suicide Squad is not my favorite IP. The Suicide Squad characters are not my favorite characters. I think they're really cool, and it's a motley crew. I love seeing that stuff, just like I love seeing Thunderbolts things. I like mm-hmm. seeing team up of, of 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 heroes and you know wacky stories and stuff. That's always that's always great. If you you get a team up book or a team up story, you put it in my hands. I'm going to enjoy it because the litany of characters. You know, the, the pictures that you're painting with, with all these different dynamics and how they make this story and, and you know, how they intertwine with the everybody, that's what makes the good team-up stories. This movie was kind of just like, in my opinion, it's like, here's the team, you know them, you love them, let them do team stuff. And the focus is on just team stuff. And... There are some things in my mind that um, were just a little that, that were downplayed a lot because of news like the Peacemaker television series that came. You know, when that news dropped, and then me think that that in the back of my mind constantly through the movie, where it's just like, okay, I get you. This is mm-hmm. this is the route that they're gonna go with this. This is the poster child that they're going to go. Dark and beautifully twisted mind of James Gunn. Hey, you know him, you love him. This is what you're buying, and this is what you're getting. Um, I will say, I will say, I will say that the the marketing around James Gunn, rather than the the movie itself, was probably the thing that annoyed me the most. And it's not that I don't like James Gunn. It's I don't. It's it's the same way I feel about the the toxic fandom surrounding. Zack Snyder and everything he makes being, you know, a masterpiece, and then everything James Gunn makes a is a masterpiece. Like, and and that's where where I kind of from. 
It comes from like it, honestly, it it just stems from, you know. Here's the thing. Like that's like that's not like weird narcissism that like shouldn't be marketed. And I know like maybe James himself isn't like, hey, I want you to put my name on freaking everything. Maybe it does come from the marketing. It's like, dude, your name's been all over the internet for the past three years because of bad shit. So let's try to etch a sketch that and get your name not associated with horrible Twitter jokes and get you associated with Harley Quinn. I don't know. It's turn the turn the notorious publicity in, into an in, into a positive thing. And in, in like, well, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like all all press is good press, but like, it's still like, I don't understand why they're like just doubling down and going with, you know him, you love him, James Gunn. This is James James Gunn, James Gunn, so James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn. that's why. Why is that name a household item right now, dude? Yeah, and I think that's that's the part that kind of annoyed me about it because like my my thoughts about this movie is that it's it's fantastic in the way that it's it's the perfect suicide squad movie like it is what a suicide squad movie you know adapted from the comic books should be this is this is a great suicide squad movie yeah like this was source material suicide squad movie this felt This movie felt just like how when I was in my comic book store in 2011, 2012, and they did the shift between Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad, and it was just like, oh, this actually happened in real life. I experienced this firsthand, standing and looking at that bookshelf with the two books Mm -hmm. in my hand. Like, I, this is exactly what happened from the books. And I said that, and Gabe was like, Okay, Nate, not everybody read the source material. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. This isn't like, oh, this is just like, you know, issue number 17. No, no, no. This is just like the 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 makeup, like the build of what they're doing. Like the construction of what they did for Suicide Squad in the New 52, they they just put it into a movie. And that was why I'm like, no, like this is just real life. Like what we're seeing is just like what happened with the comic book titles yeah like the storyline is still happening but like the switch of teams the the changing the the director like all of this stuff that changed was like i lived this i i watched this happen in print like it's it's wild to me so when someone's like oh yeah this is just like the comic books i'm like yeah it is but like not just the story it's like the whole production of what that was like in the new 52 of 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 having the team and then and then rebooting it and all these things. It was so eerie how the begin the first twenty minutes of this movie really felt like I was like back in my store with the two books in my hand, like thinking, now why did they do this? You know, mm-hmm. why was this first book bad? And why is this second book good? And that was me for a dilemma for like an entire year of trying to fight with Suicide Squad and trying to sell that damn series to people. I've just been like well, what's good about this? Be like, I I don't know. I don't know why they stopped this one and now this new one. Like, I don't, if you want, read both, you know? If I remember correctly, the New 52 one was the banger because I read that one and that one was good. That's the one that introduced Deadshot and Harley Quinn. And then they redid it, I think, as the Suicide Squad as well. And yes, it's the same. It was Suicide and Squad then and then that the one Suicide bombs. Squad. And everyone was like, why did they reboot it like that? Um, and if I remember correctly now, so 
the the 2016 version of the movie Suicide Squad, that one is based on the New 52 run because that was so popular at the time. They were like, we need a movie of this now. And I think that jumped the gun, no pun intended, a little bit because James Gunn's version is like, we have to respect that which made it famous in the first place, which was the Ostrander run. And that's the movie that we're seeing here. And that's what's so great about this movie is that it is a really good adaptation of the John Ostrander run from, you know, the silver age of comic books. And it's so well done. The transitions even where it says like, you know, like the title cards throughout the movie where it says now or operation, you know, Harley operation or Jotunheim, those transition title cards, they felt like you would read a graphic novel and you would see like the leaves on the ground as it would say like, the time of day or something or wh- what time yeah. period we're in like that felt like such a comic book movie. And that's the thing that was annoying me is because it's so good. The movie is so well done that it bothers me that people are like, Oh, this could only be done by James Gunn. It could be done by any good director who's been given Anybody. free will to make a rated R movie of that, which it reflects upon. Like, and that's the thing about it that, you know, like, like not every comic book movie needs to be done in James Gunn style. Not every comic book movie needs to be done like in Zack Snyder's style. Like, they're not the end all be all of comic book movies, nor is Sam Raimi, nor, nor is Tim Burton. Like, just because people see something that is done in their, like, completely untampered way. Like, these directors... The thing that they all have in common is that they were allowed to make movies like without outside interference for the first time when they made Dawn of Justice, when they made the first Batman movie, when they make Guardians of the Galaxy, when they make their movies that their way, it looks like the Suicide Squad. You get a really good comic book adaptation and then that's when it peaked becomes less about the movie itself but more about the director and like yeah everything needs to be done their way give them the keys to the dc cinematic universe it's like okay no because that's the same thing people say about Zack snyder and that pisses you off on the internet so don't say the same thing about some other director the best thing about the dc cinematic universe is that every director has been able to do things their way Zack snyder james wan patty jenkins james gunn let them do their things. And this is what happens when you do that. This is why this is so good. And the fact that it's a rated R movie, that's, it's supposed to be. This is just like, this feels like, the way I feel about this movie, I'm not saying it's a you know masterpiece or I, I'm in love with it, but I'm saying it's such a good Suicide Squad story. And it's the same way I felt about when we watched Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, that animated movie. It's the exact same tone. It's the exact same, like, you get it. You understood the source material, and you adapted it perfectly. Maybe not perfectly, but you adapted it so well. And honestly, I think my my hottest take would have been that the movie could have been shorter, this one. Um, there was, you know, I, yeah. I love Harley Quinn a lot, but I, th- I think they try to give her a subplot that they, 
I was lost 100%. I have no idea why that even existed, to be completely honest with you. I don't get it. I didn't get it. They shaved it down some. I know that they shaved it down. It it seemed like something that could have been longer, and then I read up on it, and it was supposed to be longer. They cut it down. The movie's only two two hours and 12 minutes, but I felt like it could have been a little bit shorter than that even. Um, Yeah. But that being said, the movie does have heart. The movie does try to make you care about the characters but after we kill off more than half of them which we'll get into but i think if anyone is saying that this movie is garbage because of some shock value that happens in the movie i think you're i think you're not understanding the story that it comes from like if you're coming into here thinking it's going to be a Legion of Doom story or some other super villain story where they where the characters are a bunch of bad guys but they live through it. That's not what Suicide Squad is. Suicide Squad is about this what this movie does with the characters. And yeah. that's the right you, you just described to... as Thunderbolts. Or Secret Six or or, or um Yeah. Oh yeah, Secret, that's perfect. Even um Doom Patrol. Like should have this same kind of tone and that's why the show is so good because the show it is also rated r and as tv mature if you will um this kind of reminded me the same way that i would envision doom patrol like when i was reading the books and you and i would talk about doom patrol and kind of like how we kind of have the same thought and and music and aesthetic and and everything else that went into it this felt like how james gunn felt when he read Ostrander books of Suicide Squad. Like this is this is the same kind of energy. Yes. Someone says, "I want to make a Suicide Squad movie the way that I used to read them," and then it adapted into this. Like this is exactly what it's like to be yes. in the mind of someone who reads the books. This is not James Gunn being an ingenious like thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to make this completely." He didn't reinvent the wheel. He just adapted the wheel. Like it was already created by Ostrander. He just did it. And he, he didn't even film. adapt the wheel. He just put on his own custom rims. That was it. Like and he I just think he that, just put his rims on that said James Gunn, beautifully twisted mind or whatever the shit it is. Like I think that's the DC marketing and, and or the Warner Brothers marketing, and that really man, was like what a sidestep. Honestly, you need like good for them for doubling down, but read the room, Warner Brothers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that, just, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my body. Read the room, Warner Brothers, because that hasn't been the case for freaking twenty years. Like, I mean, really, what the hell? Um, I agree with you, one hundred percent. This movie is fine. I I liked it. I enjoyed my time watching the movie. I there weren't that many places where I was just like. You know, like not once did I want to be like, okay, I'm standing up and like walking away because I don't care. Mm. But also not once was I like, I'm so invested in this. You know, it was just a blanket term 50 percent. I'm like just sitting in the middle. I'm I'm treading water. I'm good. I'm I'm enjoying my time. Um, But yes, you're right. This did feel like a, a movie that was made by someone who does know. One, how to do team-up stories. to understand dynamic of, of teams and a group dynamic to an extent. Uh, and three, it did feel like an older Suicide Squad story. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's 
maybe that's on me if, if people are disagreeing because they know Suicide Squad more than than either of us. Hey, that could very well be true. Um, but from my experience, the, the few Suicide Squad stories and the little bit that I've gotten from, you know, movies and, and animated series and other comics and stuff like that, this felt in line with that. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. special. There wasn't a... Mm, I was going to say there wasn't a bigger connection, but that's... Eh. Um my main, I, my I, mind going to like there wasn't a bigger connection because in my mind David Ayer was trying to the story that David Ayer was making was supposed to be in line with uh the Man of Steel Dawn of Justice you know Wonder Woman yeah. universe that Snyder was was the picture that Snyder was painting David Ayer's Suicide Squad felt like it was just like oh yeah and then if you turn down this hallway you get the continuation of that shtick yeah um the so whole it felt like first that. wave of of the DC Cinematic Universe, the whole first wave, which would have been yeah. Man of Steel, Dawn of Justice, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and Justice League, were all initially created to be a shared universe. Like, they were all supposed to bleed into each other and lead into the next one. They wanted the Marvel formula. And so the studios yeah. were like, you have to do that. First, David Ayer, you have to adapt the new 52 version of, of Suicide Squad. And second you have to then tie it into the Justice League movie that mm-hmm. we're leading into until they said, actually, don't do that. Cut that all out. Don't do any of that. And then he said, well, now it's Harley not Quinn, my movie baby. anymore. Yeah. And so that's the problem with those first five films is that they were told to be connected and then they were told not to. And then now with this whole phase two, if you think of starting with Aquaman and Birds of Prey and Shazam and The Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman 1984 – these are all isolated stories it's still within the cinematic universe but they're not really tethered to anything that's being built up for anything that they're you know stemming from in the past they're all isolated movies within the same universe and that's why they succeed so much because the directors and the people involved with making the films they can just make these really good stories and not have uh, any strings attached as to as to the other movies, and that's another reason why this movie is, works so well is because it just becomes, all right. You want to see a Suicide Squad movie? This is what it should have been from the beginning. This is what the Suicide Squad movie should have been from inception. If you just make a Suicide Squad movie, the problem with the first one is that it's like it was so tied down by everything else going on that it could not just be a Suicide Squad movie on its own two legs. This is what it should have been from the beginning. Um, And it only took until now to get there. The only problem that this movie really suffers from from its inception, or conception rather, is that it has to fight off the 2016 version. It has to be like... Is it a reboot? Is it a sequel? Is it something else? A spiritual successor, if you will. And they try to say it's not, but it is. It just it, it just is. That's what Suicide Squad does. They just make sequels in the sense of like, yeah, you just start a whole new team. That's what the Suicide Squad is. It's okay to be kind of called a sequel. You don't have to 
or a spiritual successor. It just is like, you don't have to deny it. Just be like, yeah, it's a, it's just a relaunch. It's a reboot. Um, it is both, if you will. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the movie itself, obviously directed and written by James Gunn, uh, produced by Charles Roven, who also worked on the other Suicide Squad movie and DC Cinematic Universe movies like Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice uh, and Justice League, Wonder Woman. Um, Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder are also executive producers on this film. Um, it could be because they have ties to the original Suicide Squad movie as well. Um, this brings in some familiar faces like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, uh, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang, which we'll get into, uh, Rick Flagg, Joel Kinnaman comes back, Viola Davis comes back as Amanda Waller. Um, the music is done by John Murphy, but there are needle drop tracks in the movie as well on around every uh, freaking corner <laughs> not a fan of the needle drops nate it's just like there were two there were way too many in this movie i'm not i don't i'm fine with licensed music being in movies but like i don't know what the hell happened maybe it was because when, with doing these shows we start just to pay attention a lot more I'm just like mm-hmm. really paying attention to just like how often licensed music, especially you know, was in this movie, and I wasn't surprised. You know, after all the conversations we had about David Ayer's Suicide Squad, and we were reviewing that and all the music in there, and all the jokes and and everything and and whatnot. I get it, um, but cheese and rice was there a lot of licensed music in this movie? I mean, yeah, freaking god damn it was it everything it's like but and it's the same thing where it's like yeah this is like they said you did an amazing job with guardians of the galaxy this guy loves music no james gunn was in just like a weird indie phase on his spotify when he was making this movie like it's just so it's just like odd popular indie tracks where i'm like okay so like in in guardians were you just like in a real big 70s phase or something like what what is going on with your music taste dude that's the only defense i could have for it because i too was like put off by the amount of needle drops where i was kind of like all right you say john murphy did the music for this and it's the same thing i said about stephen price in the last suicide squad movie where it's like but i don't hear it so i don't really care that they did the music for it i didn't hear it at all i don't remember it i just remember i remember indie music it was so much indie music and i read it i watch it with subtitles the subtitles rock and roll indie music my only defense is that like if this was the music you were hearing when you were reading the comic books kind of just like if i was reading comic books and i was like this is the music that i kind of think of when i am reading them or like i'm reading them to this music that i understand because then that's your dream project is to make a suicide squad movie that has the music in it just like when we do doom patrol radio and we get to put in the music that makes us think about doom patrol in those songs and then that that makes sense i don't know if every song in this movie was like that and i don't know if it was also the studio going we want to put these songs in there i'm going to tell you something right now there is no way in any human being's mind that they hear a Colin Malloy song. Colin Malloy, the front man of the Decemberists. There is no way someone hears Colin Malloy singing and going, that's Suicide Squad music. 
They put a Colin Malloy song in the opening of when they go to Bell Rev. We had CCR a few years ago, Mark. We had CCR playing over <laughs> loudspeakers in the Huey going over Bell Rev in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. This one, we get Colin Malloy. I love Colin Malloy. I think he is one of the most proficient lyricists on the face of this planet. He is an incredible songwriter, but he doesn't make songs for Suicide Squad. And I'm trying to think when I heard it, I was like, what? Did someone hear Colin Malloy and was like, this guy sounds like the Bayou. This guy sounds like his music would be in Louisiana. What the hell? No. Go like <laughs> 30,000 miles north to Seattle. What are you doing? Colin Malloy playing in Bell Rev. This thing's like that where I'm like, that's wrong. That's not the music that I hear when I'm reading a Suicide Squad book. That's not so the music that I hear when I'm watching a Suicide Squad movie. So you're saying you want the Decemberists to be in the next Aquaman movie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want I want Decemberists to be in everything. Let me tell you that much. There's They're fantastic. Um, yeah, and Colin Malloy is an amazing songwriter. But but there, it's when it started playing, I had to like shout over to like David and and Gabe and be like, "What the f? f why is there a, it's Colin, a rated R movie? <laughs> yeah, why why is a Colin Malloy song playing when they're introducing Bell Rev? And it just racked my brain of like, this is is this your mind of of Louisiana Louisiana indie music or something? I don't. I don't know. There was a lot of indie music. I love indie music. That's why I'm like, that's why I paid I mean, attention to it. we do a radio Mark. show. Yeah. We talk about music all the time. <laughs> that's why it was all, like, I heard every single needle drop. And it was like, damn, dude, you're just like really into indie right now. What the mm -hmm. hell happened? It, yeah. It's, there, was, there was too much licensed music in this movie. Not one song can I remember that like fit with whatever the hell was happening. The only thing I remember was just the Colin Malloy song in Bell Rev. That was it. Any other licensed music, pfft, I forgot that it was playing. It was just some indie I, music. I'm trying to think back. I can't remember if the Steely Dan song was in the trailer or was it in the movie uh, or in the credits. But I remember Steely Dan's Dirty Work was in somewhere in, in, I think among it was. A, I think it was a trailer. Yeah. Which is fine. I think that's fine. I that for a trailer, it works fine. Um, I I just think yeah. The and I'm sorry we, we have to stop on the music part already, but like that yeah, it was something to talk about. Um, especially, you know, you you say John Murphy does the music, and then it's like all needle drops. So you don't even hear the music. There is a, you know, a the Suicide Squad theme, just like there was in the other Suicide mm -hmm. Squad movie. And it's the same kind of thing where it's like it's the only th one that you probably will hear in the movie. And, you know, it is what it is. It's nothing special. Well, did the did they sound similar? Are they closely related? Did you listen to them at all? Obviously, different um, artists doing a different composition of, of, of music. But I didn't it's know not if the it's the same still... theme. It's not the same theme. Is it? If that's what you're asking. Yeah. It's not different. In, it's just they have Do you hear a motif for of it? No, no, no. It's t totally different. Completely different. But it is probably like the only like profound music by the composer that okay. you will hear in the movie. Um, oh, by the way, I wanted to point out something that I didn't get to say because my mic was off when you were talking about it. But you were talking about the title cards and stuff like that in, before. We've 
on record multiple times. We love a good title card. I enjoyed the title cards to this movie. I like that. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that sort of breakdown. I like that that illustration and stuff like that. That's all I just wanted to say about the title cards. Yeah, really good. Really, really well done. Um, this this movie was originally going to be done again by David Ayer. He was supposed to do a sequel for Suicide Squad. Um, but then he wanted to develop a Gotham City Sirens movie. So instead they were like, okay, well, we'll just give, you know, Suicide Squad 2 to Gavin O'Connor, who did like The Way Back and The Accountant, some other, a couple other Ben Affleck movies. So they wanted to keep it more of a action drama instead of the movie that we see now today. They wanted to keep it in, in that vein of, of what, David Ayer was trying to do with the original Suicide Squad movie. This movie was supposed to be an action drama? Like the first one was supposed to oh, be. Oh, okay. Kind of just like, like you know. Yeah, Dawn of Justice is an action drama. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, these characters. is an action drama. It's very, very dour, if you will. Um, and that's not what this movie is. This movie is the complete other tone. Um, and probably for the better as far as adapting the the vibe of the Ostrander comics it's what they did um, in the books yeah it literally is the same thing and I don't mean that in like a de- demeaning way and I don't mean that in like a if you didn't read the comic books you don't know what you're talking about no I'm just telling you that the when the suicide when Suicide Squad books were out in New Fifty Two and they were doing their reboot for those couple years these two movies are that exact same thing and that's I think that's really cool and I think that's really fun. Um, Cause like that's the comic book adaptation. I mean, like I watched the movie get rebooted, just like how I saw the book get rebooted. It's the same feeling. It's it's cool in that aspect, and you know, I'm all for reboots. You know, mm-hmm. etch a sketch that shit and give me a new give me a new slate, paint a new picture, same characters or different characters or whatever. Just you know, it's I'm all for it. You know, I'm not mad that it's nothing like David Ayer's or anything like that. Shit, we didn't even see David Ayer's movie. Um, but yeah, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. So like it's, it's, it's fine. Anyway, that was just my point about the title cards and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, um, and then I don't know if you remember this, but after Gavin O'Connor and, you know, David Ayer and Margot Robbie got put on ice for the Gotham city sirens movie that eventually became, I guess they just decided to do the birds of prey movie instead. They were talking to Mel Gibson, of all people, about doing the Suicide Squad sequel. I don't know if you remember this, but I don't the internet and the world was not happy about that. Uh, I don't know what that would have looked like. I don't know if we ever would want to see something like that. I don't even know like if I can that. comprehend Mel Gibson like trying to do spotlights on multiple characters. I think they really wanted... I think the, the type of Suicide Squad movie... And this is the big influence of this movie. And you can tell, obviously, if you don't know by now, but The Dirty Dozen is a huge influence of the Suicide Squad, not only this movie, but just kind of in general, those kind of old war movies like, I don't know, Where Eagles Dare or like, you know, something like that. Um, those influence the Suicide Squad. And so I think they're trying to get that action drama from Mel Gibson you know, um, so like my, you, um, I got a real, and like, there's a direct call to this, but like, this was in my opinion, James Gunn's way of trying to make a Peckinpah film. 
Sam Peckinpah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought about that too. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, because like they do well. the title card of "Bring Me the Head of the Suicide Squad," and that, like, right there, I was like, "Oh shit, is this supposed yeah. to be like a Peckinpah esque film?" And the yeah. more I thought about that after seeing that title card, I was like, "Oh, okay, he's doing like his Western gang ragtag group of people spaghetti mm-hmm. Western type deal," and that's when it kind of clicked for me in more of like a this is way you know, more than halfway through the movie where I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing Peckinpah. I got, I got you. I got you. I got you. And it's, it's just yeah. like, here's Peckinpah through a, through a blurry lens. Uh, here's, you know, uh, Sam Peckinpah, you know, suicide squad movie with the, the influences that he made. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the, the Corto Maltese, you know, Oh my God, dude, I'll tell you one. Holy shit. There were so many times in this movie where I, so Gabe watched it right before we started watching it. And there were so many times where I was just like, oh, I wonder if they're going to do that. And Gabe's like, yep, the main one. They were like talking about the island and stuff. And I was just like sitting there. I was like, huh, I wonder if that island is going to be Corto Maltese. And Gabe's like, yeah, it's totally Corto Maltese. And I was like, no fucking way, Bane. And, you know, I got excited with that whole thing and, and all that stuff. But yeah, there were so many like little details where i was like oh that's kind of like this and he's like yeah that's that's totally the name they're using i'm like i'm so good i'm so good at this shit (laughs) i i i tell you this the this movie every little comic book thing that james gunn kind of respected in in this movie was right it was was dead on and and i think that was something like this movie did not surprise me whatsoever um, no, not at not, all. Not in a bad way, but just I like I should have put money on this movie. I should have, I should have wrote my exact thoughts down because like even down to the casting, you should have like sent like, in an email and said like this is this like, is my call. And I could have, oh, I could have put, uh, we could have raked uh, in the money. I could have just been like, this is the plot of the movie. I don't even need to see a lead. 100%. I know what the movie's gonna be. 100%. I know how the movie's gonna start. I know what's gonna happen to each character. Yeah. I know this, that, and the other, and it just it played out exactly the way I thought it was going to play out. Um, and that wasn't and, a bad thing because I've seen I sit no. and watch shows where it's like, okay, this is there's a show on that I watch called Working Moms. It's on Netflix. It's a great show if you haven't watched it. It's silly. Watch it with a lady friend. Um, that show is so. Um, uh, what do you what do you call it? Formulaic. Uh, pre- no, predictable. It's so pre- yeah. even to the like lines of dialogue and to like the whole like. Oh, you know, like scene changer yeah. and end end of episode, like oh, it's like we call it ten minutes before it's gonna happen, like oh yeah, this is gonna happen, and it's so predictable, and it's not like a bad way. I think it's just maybe that's maybe that's a way of hell. Maybe that's the way of the director trying to be like, if you can predict it right now, then you are on the same speed, you're on the same page, then you're good. Yeah. You understand this movie, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that's excellent. But yes, um, extremely predictable. Um, I still enjoyed. Yeah, the but good on you. Good, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, then then at that point, it just comes down to preference of whether I, I you know, care about it at that point. Yeah. But yeah, no, they did. You know, he did, he did his thing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it surprises me more if people in the audience don't expect it, and you know, being a huge James Gunn fan, if you will. And you're just like, oh, I totally wasn't expecting. Um, we're totally into spoiler terri- territory at this point. But it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting uh, Harley Quinn to shoot this 
uh, whoever that guy was. The, the pre- El like, Presidente. Yeah, and I was like, that was in my mind from the beginning of that montage. Yeah, like, like, I knew. Oh, you're taking her to the stronghold? She's going to kill everybody in that building. Okay. Yeah. Like, she's like exactly where she wants to be. <laughs> it's exactly what's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> it's like, okay. As soon as that man turns around, and I was just like, this is what's, this is just how it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, President De Luna. I was just like, oh yeah, this this is what's gonna happen. Um, the only big surprise where I was actually I actually laughed out loud was the scene between Bloodsport and Peacemaker, where they're trying to outdo each other on who could kill people the best. Okay, when they're and in the jungle. Turns, yeah, and it turns out to be the Resistance yeah. camp, and it was just called like, it. Oh, you called 100%, it one hundred percent. One hundred percent. When 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 Rick Flag got picked up by them, I was like, "Oh, that's the locals. Like that's not the that's not that's the militia." And then like they were the doing the whole thing, thing like we got to save Rick. I'm like, he's safe. Like he's good. He got picked up not by the government. He got picked up by the militia. And I don't know. That was my mind and thinking like, "Oh, and they're going." And the way that they were killing and how easy everything was, I was just like. These guys aren't threats. Uh, there was a one guy that they were setting on fire. He was like, "Wait, wait, wait!" And I was like, "They're like killing innocent people right here. Where's the Where's the card? Pull the card out and be like, hey, where's Rick Flag? Like in a bathtub? Like that was yeah. It was it was predictable, but in a good way. Yeah. To that point, I kind of want to add if we're gonna talk, maybe it's a good segue into the the different types of characters. Um, and we can leave it at this and like go into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, let's go into the it. dynamic of um, Idris Elba, um, John Cena, and um, oh, Rick Flag. What's what's the actor's name? Oh, uh, Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman, fantastic. Those three dudes. Yeah. Those those beef macho mofos. I take my wallet i loved it i loved that a lot that was yeah. incredible i like that a lot i don't care about john cena i think he's funny as the butt of a joke you know all of the internet it's good um i thoroughly enjoyed him in this movie i will watch peacemaker i don't know how i'm going to feel about it because the whole idea and that whole character and stuff is just a little iffy but the the dynamic of those three macho roided out dudes i enjoyed yeah. that's <laughs> as what terrible that's as what that makes me movies, sound i enjoyed it no 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 i think that's how it, sh- it should go back to that i think you know the type of movies that that these are i think they need to double down and i think that's why i'm going to disagree with you nate i think john cena is a great actor I think he understands he gets the he, assignment he does. so well. One hundred percent. He is an actor. He is a showman. These these professional wrestlers are some of the best actors you will get on screen because they are inherently built to do this show, to yeah. act like this, and to yeah. sell it. That's the thing. They sell the acting. Actors can do performances out the wazoo and like get the method and shit, but they're not selling it. These wrestlers think, are selling it. They're the ones with the spotlight and the walk-on music and have to do everything fake in front of everybody and make it look real, you know? It's sorry, he, sorry. He does a great but. job. He does a great job in in the Bumblebee movie as well. But he he understands that he needs to be a comic book character. Yeah. And especially for Peacemaker, um who I don't I don't know if people get this, but I mean this is what the comedian is is based off yes. of from from Watchmen. And 
he is like even that like down to the costume he is this static comic book character directly from those pages like and that's he why copy he's like pasted, yeah it's so well done it's, good. it's so good it's so good um fantastic job but i i think he represents what the movie should be and i will always think about the original predator movie okay of like that's how people should be there should be like that's, 10 that's john cena's yes they're ne- and that's what you know blood sport peacemaker rick flag when the three of them are together like we need more movies like that we need more roided out professional wrestlers like just being like comic book characters like i want like 10 john cena's in a movie just doing dirty dozen stuff i was gonna say like (laughs) magnificent seven or something like that that they would do and but with all they did that that recent predator movie yeah the last predator movie they they did and like nobody is like that and it's like we need to go back to that where we need more Arnold Schwarzenegger's like that's on very true. Camera. We do need more uh, late '80s action movies in that same vein. Um, yeah, maybe John Cena realizes that he is just roided John, uh, you know, uh, Varney, Jim Varney, <laughs> Jim Varney, and he's just like going with it. Honestly, if he, no, if no, that's he the knows. shtick, f- go double down and yeah, do start doing Ernest movies, man. Ernest yeah. goes to the gym. Ernest gets roided out. Ernest <laughs> does wrestling. Like that's what we need to do and reprise the role. Oh my god, John Cena, you will be swimming in money if you start doing Ernest movies. John Cena is very intelligent like in the same way that Paris Hilton and Kesha are where it's like they put on an act that gets them a lot of money. Like this is such a great strategy for them and people think that that's their actual personality that they're actually that you know ditzy or dull and that's not the case they're extremely intelligent and it's an extreme strategy to play into these characters the way that they do um so peacemaker is a fantastic character does he deserve a spinoff I don't. I don't know. I. I. I don't know. I'm excited he... to see Steve Agee in a, in a television show again. I watched the Superstore show. He's a main character in the. Oh, not main character. He's yeah. a character in that. Well, he's I a, love he's him. A recurring character. I like him a lot. I think he's funny. Um, I think he's a great comedian. I'm excited to see him in a television show. Um, but like, I. I don't know the whole. The whole shtick of you know months ago they were like oh by the way peacemaker's getting his own tv show because of his suicide squad stuff it's like maybe don't put that information out right then and there because now it's just it ruins a couple things you know particularly points in the movie but also it just puts the idea in my head of you are building this character up to be uh, a standalone and when you do that in a team dynamic, it's very blatant. Um, you know, I was going to say think... like Harley could have been a good example, but not really because that movie is just all chopped up and screwed and everything like that. But yeah, when you when you put the focus on these on this one character, the focus is drawn to that character. And hey, maybe that's a hell of a good thing for John Cena and the whole Peacemaker IP and everything like that. Awesome. They that's what they wanted. 
But for me personally, it's just that focus uh, diminished everything else that was happening in that movie between him and, you know, everybody else that was going on. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I'll still the, watch it. The, the, um, the, the team that works for Amanda Waller was probably my least favorite character. Yeah. If I could group them all into one character. Yeah. And Amanda um, Waller also I know, fits in there. It's kind of, that felt really flat. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. As we start going through these characters, that. I, yeah, let's 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 go through the cast by kind of like appearances here, and we're gonna start with Savant, who's played by Michael Rooker. Uh, Nate, what did you think about Savant? No thoughts. No thoughts. Just head empty. No, yeah, honestly, nothing. There was no he, no nothing. I don't even know. I don't know who Savant is in comic books. I don't know what the hell his whole deal is. Uh, I don't get it, and and. Well, it's supposed to be a sub a subversion of of what you expect, right? I I I guess, but like, um, I don't know because like that subversion of we're going to we're going to spotlight a character and we're going to paint him like this badass killing machine. He plays racquetball and hits a bird, like this 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 hard ass like scary guy for like mm-hmm. five minutes we're going to paint this picture and then like that's and for some reason his point of view his perspective becomes the point of view on like the first team and and in that whole thing and it's just like why where who what when and how it's it, it, i yeah, was yeah. i was severely thrown off by that subversion i <laughs> but that's not like what i didn't I don't know. It was just like so. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't give a shit about about Michael Rooker's savant. Um, he did his job. All of the members of Team One Suicide Squad of Task Force X, the the first team, they they did mm-hmm. their job, and that's the that is that's the Suicide Squad. Tip your hat, milady. That's it right there. So yeah. like, I I get it. I I picked up on it, um, but. I'm just so I was so beside myself of how hard how many just single shots were left on Michael Rooker's savant. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought he was going to be a a a slightly bigger character, but no, I I don't I don't know. I don't care. That's, I didn't care. I think that's he is the perfect representation of what the suicide squad is and like it this is how i think it's a really good way to start the film where you give the point of view to a character and you fool people into thinking that this character might live on it's like oh yes you know this is the focus here we're gonna focus on this character and then they're like actually the character is actually now terrified of this and he gets his head blown off and all these things that's how you have to prepare for these comic books and i think it's a great way to start the movie i think it's a great focus i think it's a great subversion if you don't like the subversion that's where it becomes a debate of i don't want to see that um and there's a lot there's more of that there's one that happens at the very end of the film there's a couple that happen at the end of the film that i'm like we don't have to subvert everything 
this is a great subversion. I understand this. This is a great kind of like, oh, gotcha. You thought this guy was going to be important, but it actually turns out that he's not, and he's truly expendable. They do that with the next character I'm going to talk about, which is Amanda Waller. Yes. Viola Davis comes back. She does great in the beginning. Viola She's Davis Amanda does Waller. an amazing job as Amanda Waller. Until the very end. They did not write Amanda Waller well in this movie. This is no. not a good Amanda um, Waller. This is where I have to give some criticism to because I know... It's the worst Amanda Waller we've seen. You want to subvert the expectations of like, oh, this is what Amanda Waller does and everything. The fact that her team is still alive by the end of the movie is Wrong. not the character. Wrong. Donald Trump. There is a... <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yes. <laughs> we could do impressions, um, can't we? I don't know. But like <laughs> at the end of the movie where, you know, Bloodsport kind of like uh, th- threatens her, blackmails her with the, the, the information on Starro. Yeah. And she's kind of like she's been hit over the head with a golf club by one of her, I don't know, employees. And she's got the ice pack on her head and she looks over back at like her command center with all the people just staring at TVs I was like they should all have bullet holes in their head they should she should be looking into that room and that whole team should be dead like she killed him because like that's the thing like we should I shouldn't have to care about that control room I don't need to know about those characters but the peacemaker show and 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 I know people were like oh it's it's kind of cool to see that the the control room has some character dynamic to it I do not care because it is about the Amanda Waller show. It is supposed to be that character. You start giving these other characters character and they're going to start outweighing her and then she's going to seem more and more static and she's not going to seem as important. Amanda Waller has to be the villain, the, the devil, the god, if you will. And when she got hit over the golf club, I was thinking like, she better be dead. Like and I would have taken that. I would have been like, okay, they killed okay, off Amanda, killed Waller. Amanda Waller, and and I would grain of salt. I would have been so, yeah, that would have hurt. I would have been really upset. But but that's the story. But that's the Suicide Squad for you, I guess. And that was one of the subversions. I was like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she necessarily would have been like, okay, don't worry about Starro. I don't know if she, you know her decision to kind of kill off the Suicide Squad for interfering with Starro, I don't know if that's something that she would have done either. Um, yeah. But they wanted to have this moment of like, oh, I'm going to kill all of you, and then they subverted by hitting Amanda with a golf club, which was so bizarre. And then everyone on the team starts working and got some other person who starts yelling orders, and it was just very like, I don't care who you guys are, and I don't really want to. Um so it was, it was really weird, and then she lets them all live, which was completely out of the character. I think when she looked out of that window to see the team, I think that whole team should have been iced because uh, that's what Amanda Waller does. So she was great in the beginning. Towards the end, I didn't care. I liked the, the 2016 version of her better because she was the devil. at the end of it, she's, she was still the one in control. You still she's the bad guy. I'm the villain. Yeah. That's what I was trying to explain to David um, too. He was just like, "Okay, like so who's a bad guy?" I'm like, "Well, they're all like the villains and stuff, but Amanda Waller and the US government is the bad guy in Suicide Squad. They they yes. are doing the bad things. It's the bad guys doing bad guy shit." 
and the people who tell them to do the bad guy shit is the U.S. government, Amanda Waller, who is yes. the bad guy, head of the dragon. Um, yeah. It was just... Oh, I, 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 it, it is, is what, what it is. is. I enjoy Steve Agee. I'm glad that he's getting a... I didn't. Oh. My least favorite character in the entire movie. I know... I, and this might be a thing about... I don't know, maybe because it's a comedian, yeah, you guys have like him as an affinity for him. It's exactly. His character in the movie, probably, shit. Probably the worst line in the movie was something about a kaiju, and I am starting to oh, get I royally ticked by that even, word. And I, I don't even remember it, to be honest with you. But yeah, now it's like that word is just household name now. It's like, okay. And I was like, okay, all right. And people laugh because... Now it's a hot word. He said kaiju. Everyone laugh in the theater. And I was like, how much is left to this movie? And why do I have to care about this character? Um, and then he lives, and now he's in a Peacemaker show, and I have to deal with it, and he's going to say more of those jokes. So and I'm, I'm, I, I want to see it. him in the Peacemaker show. I And I do want to see John Cena uh, as a main character in a long-form story, you know? Um, yeah. More so, but but this is I don't know John Cena in the Fast and the Furious movies or anything, so like I don't know how people, like, I don't know react to him or whatever. Um, I think he's a great piece. Yeah. Anyway, Amanda Waller, uh, worst Amanda Waller that I have seen to date. Um, Viola Davis, you are a treasure. You understand the assignment, and you are an amazing actor. Keep it up. I love you. Uh, but your Amanda Waller was written for this movie not so well and i apologize <laughs> and i hope to see you in i more. hope to see you in more <laughs> being amanda waller because that is the role you were born to play my lady you are a queen i love you 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 um, i love you you see that yeah john ostrander playing dr fitzgibbon this is a this was a little cool cameo for John F. Ostrander. He was actually in the movie. Is right in the beginning. He's the one planting the bomb into Savant's neck, which is really cool. I was really cool, really glad to see that. Um, so cool little cameo. You said that um, was Ostrander putting the bomb in his neck. Oh yeah, wow. Ostrander's in I that movie. That. Yeah, right in the beginning. I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. He says, I think he even has like a single line of dialogue, but it was really cool to see him in that role. Um, Rick Flag. Played by Joel Kinnaman. Him. Colonel Rick oh, Flag in this my movie. God, Mark. If I so I'm trying to th- think back of how we were ragging on Rick Flag in the past years. And buddy, yeah. that was some fun. And his his whole deal was so much fun and it was fun to just like to just give him a good ribbing. It was fantastic mm-hmm. in David Air Suicide Squad. Chewing on that cold chicken leg. Exactly. That fucking chicken leg in the tinfoil. Oh, my God. It's so fun. She bolted. This is Katana. Like, he's great. I love him. This movie made me love Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag even more so. Oh, my God. I love yeah. him so much. He's one of my favorite characters. And maybe it was... I think it was because I, I we did talk so much about him in the first movie. And... You know, we were just ragging on him the entire time. Now I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, you're, you know what you're doing. Like, you're in your job. You're like a year into your job. You know what to do. You're, you're running the Task Force X. I, I love you. 
you got good comedy beats you got a great accent you're not like you know starry-eyed in love with enchantress or anything like that or whatever that whole side of you was like taking over you know anything that was like messing with his mind or decisions or anything like that you know that whole enchantress shtick that he was doing completely Mm -hmm. absent and it was just like a good um military bro like and not even like a you know shitty american sniper type bro bullcrap it was just like a good tactical person and i enjoyed him so much just a good he person. Looked great. I mean, he got the memo of like, okay, Cena's coming in. He's got the you know the best roids on the market. You got to like beef up too, Idris. You as well. You know, get your shots in you. And this man delivered. This man looks good. Yeah. Joel Kinnaman. They were saying that uh, John Cena looks like a yoked Jim Varney. Joel Kinnaman looks like a yoked Nick Weiger. I need to make a tweet and put the pictures <laughs> so side by side. I have said this when the when we first started seeing previews of Joel Kinnaman in this in this new movie. He looks like a beef Nick Weiger, and I need people to know this. Rick Flag is it, it, such a good character, so well done uh, in this movie, and even down, yeah, like you said, the the wardrobe was great. He does Joel Kinnaman does a great straight man in the 100%. in the group dynamic oh my god like he does he's such a good control variable in a dynamic full of chaotic characters uh he i, I want to say he does it better than chris pratt because i think people when it comes to chris pratt they don't know if he should be the straight man or if he should be the comedy character and they try to get him to do mm-hmm. both you see it a lot with the Jurassic World He's movies. He's too dynamic of a and human being to to peg him into these um, static roles that they're just trying to get the character model for, of like the straight man. Yeah. And he's too dynamic for that. And that's that's a good thing for Chris Pratt. And that's why he does... But you're just getting bogged yeah, down when, by these shitty characters. Which is, uh, he does great in Infinity War when he's yes, not the main exactly. character. And that's why it's so good. It's like, yes, because you are not meant to be the main protagonist and when they do it in Jurassic World it's like all right pick a lane are you Indiana Jones or are you cooking up dinosaurs you know, in some Chris- kind of lab see that's but if Joel Kin- Kinnaman said that line I would applaud and give him all my money you'd be like that's that's, that's supposed to be the character there's the accent right there yeah. that's the guy that's the yeah. dude that's like this the, the military I almost said Spetsnaz but that's Russian yeah um next character tdk the detachable kid played by i don't know if you caught this nathan fillion yeah i caught it are you kidding me you hear the man i did not catch that you didn't hear that man's voice i saw i saw the nathan fillion credit and i went where is he where is he in this movie where is he and i oh my god when they were on the plane it was like a beacon it was just like oh that's nathan fillion i did not catch it at all um, probably the most useless character in this entire movie and the comedic bit that happens with him, I think is one of the things I just, I just don't know. I just don't know so how to I feel. I don't know if that's I know, like pulled from something or something from Suicide Squad where it would be a joke of just having this guy detach his arms and just, you know, slap people in the face. If that was pulled from a comic book, great. If it wasn't, 
um, I hope that you just like went through like an encyclopedia of DC characters and were just trying to find wacky people that you just wanted to kill off and was like, yeah, we can make a joke about this. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. Because I was expecting something like, okay, you could detach your arms and go grab a weapon. I thought it was going to be like Juggernaut or something like that, to be honest with you. Maybe that was because of the helmet well, th- or something like that, but uh, I wasn't expecting I don't just know. like Phantom Limb. I was expecting, I was expecting the limbs to like separate and do something cool. Like, I mean, I feel like explode. There's, um, I really think you could do something cool with that kind of power. I just and I was expe- expecting something cool to happen. The slapping bit was just a joke and didn't really find it funny but i i don't know it was what it was what, and what annoys me the most about that whole i felt like he could have been useful yeah. so what annoys me the most about that whole team one is that it made it feel like the 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 members that they compiled for team one were yes i understand that they were a diversion but it made it seem like it was just like fodder for fodder's sake and hell, maybe that's the point of it. Maybe you did look for for random people that you were just like, cool. Let's get them in a costume. Let's get a let's get a uh, a big name actor or something behind it. And oh, you're talking about for the yeah, movie sake? Because then yeah, and then and then kill yeah. them and stuff like that. So like I, if that yeah. was the the play on that one, you did it. But it's yeah. like, in my opinion, that's reaching. My my only thing it only comes to the subversion shock value kind of thing where it's like, well you Here's did your it, you have but to now when I yeah, and and that's the thing I start to worry about because it even happens in Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we've been talking about, but you can only do shock value once, because yeah. when I go back and rewatch the movie, there are parts that will not hold up because I've seen it and it's gone now, and I said oh wow. Then I've only said it once. I can't go back. When I see Detachable Kid, when I see what happens to Zavant, those things will not matter anymore because I know that it's coming. And speaking of shock value, let's talk about our next character here, Jai Courtney, Captain Boomerang. The worst shock value that you could ever put in front of my face. I knew it was going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I knew oh, it I knew was going it. to happen, but I, I knew just it. didn't want it to happen. Captain no. Boomerang is a king. Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang is fantastic. I really, 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 really hope he gets to reprise his role in something else. For yeah. his sake. I want Jai Courtney to play Captain Boomerang. I want him to be Captain Boomerang. There are so many things you can do with Captain Boomerang in relation to comic books that make for good storytelling movies. Shit, it'll make it for good little side movies or projects or something that if you want to put on, you know, mini series on HBO or whatever. Throw him back into Flash. Like, I don't I mean the Rogues is sitting right there. That should be that should be your thing to begin with. Yeah. Go back in time. <laughs> and put Captain Boomerang in more things. He has really quick, really good character, uh, you know, presentation in the movie. 
when they bring him in, when they have him on the plane with Harley Quinn again, there's some really good chemistry going on to really just get you like, oh, we love Captain Boomerang. We love him, we love him, we love him, we love him. And he's gone. Like, and it's so upsetting. It was a blaze of glory. I'll give him that. It was was great. I liked it for the for that um, shock value. I enjoyed the shock value. I am so upset that Captain Boomerang died. The end, though, when it was showing everybody, you know, the Team One or whatever and everything like that, fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Or, you yeah. know, the, the boomerang sticking yeah. up and stuff like that. It's good. Um, yeah. The whole dynamic between him and Harley in the beginning when they were on the plane, it was so good because I knew it. Like, I know that. I know. And it yeah, felt it good. felt so, so good. Hey, Ha, how you doing? Like, what are you doing back in prison? Like, yeah. It's so fun. Those two characters enjoy each other's company and that's what i want harley needs a friend like captain boomerang who they're both just like standalone characters but when you get them together they're just like hey i know you i know you it's like when you see your friend from another class at a function and you're just like oh cool let Mm -hmm. me from across the room and you want to go that's the feeling that you get from harley and boomerang it's so good she even calls him boomer like there was such a good relationship there that you could have explored a little bit more. I mean, I understand it for the shock value. I understand that Captain Boomerang had to die for the Suicide Squad. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would I have rather yeah, him not and- be in the movie? I don't think so. I still, I loved seeing him there. I love hearing Jai Courtney's voice. I love him in the costume. I just love that he was on screen. Very upset that, that he had to die. Um, but hey, that's, it's the name of the game, you know? It is what it is. And the best we can hope for is that they put Captain Boomerang back into some Flash mythos and some stories. I would love to see more of that. Um, or just release the air cut of Suicide Squad so we can see what that looks like with that Captain Boomerang because A is great and it really sucked to see him go. Um, how he went out was disappointing not disappointing, but just really upsetting. And earlier on the podcast, I said how someone stopped watching this movie. Um, you could probably take a guess as to who that was, Nate, but um, they were like, I stopped watching. I And I don't want to watch it. I And they were, they were so upset about... Boomerang? Seeing... Yeah. Was it um, Oh. No. No, it was, it was your other roommate. Oh. Um, Bummer. He stopped yeah. watching it because Boomerang passed away. I mean, I I understand yeah. it, and you know, he said, and I and I don't agree with him, but he said this movie is trash. I can't, I'm not watching this. He said I stopped immediately, um, which is really <laughs> when upsetting. I voiced my opinion when Boomerang died. Gabe, uh, like knew it was coming, and he and he and he felt with me. He was like, God, I know, I know that was gonna upset you. I'm I'm sorry. It was. I knew Boomerang was gonna die, and and you know he loved Boomerang too, and it was just like, I get you. I'm. It's so upsetting. I'm sorry, but yeah. let's continue on. Um, our other friend David, on the other hand, was in the same mindset, but like not just about one particular thing. He's just like, this is a bad movie altogether. Like this is just not a good movie, and I'm just like, okay. But 
That I, I don't agree <laughs> with. That I, I can't I cannot stand by. It's a great movie for what it is, for what it has aimed to be, and it's a great adaptation of the comic books. And this is coming from a person who doesn't know or hasn't been involved with these comic book movies like we are and like our other you know immediate friend group and stuff. Um, this is also he, he, his, I mean, his, his question at the top of the movie was like, is this the so for a non comic book fan, a non comic book movie fan, is the Suicide Squad, like, the best bang for the buck if I want to watch a comic book movie? And I said, absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. No. You're either going for Deadpool or The Avengers. Those are your best bang for your buck for a comic book movie. Right now. Uh, that's not so much as, like, a write it in stone because my opinions obviously differ because I'm smart. But for just the run-of-the-mill random person that's like, I want to go see a comic book thing. All right, put on an Avenger, put on a Deadpool. You get your laughs, you get your kicks, you get your visually stunning things, and you get some key people in cool costumes, and you're done in two hours. You know, walk out walk, and forget about the movie for the rest of the day. Go watch go watch Batman and Robin. That's a great comic book movie to just... Yeah, 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 I go, agree, go I watch agree, a comic. I agree. But yeah. Go see a Star Wars. Like it's <laughs> like that. It's like you. The Suicide Squad is not that. This is a little more niche, uh, and I think people need to to um, accept that. But yeah, uh, his hot take was "fuck Suicide Squad." My boy deserved more trash film. <laughs> he was so upset. That's where he stopped it. He said immediately. I'm, I'm up. I was very upset too. I knew it was going to happen, but I was still very upset. Like, I was, damn. I'm, ve- I'm still very upset damn. about it, but it is a good movie. We have to, you can't let the death of Boomer be no. your review of the movie. It's not, it, and it, it's not. It, it, There's so many the other things that happen that would make this movie be like questionable, but. No, I do have actual criticism for the yeah, movie. It's but just, Boomer this dying cannot, was, no. just we saw this a mile away. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Flula Borg, Javelin. The Javelin itself plays a huge part in the film, which is surprising um i didn't expect that but uh then we have mei ling ong she plays mongao which i guess is a gender-bent version of mongol um and i think it's a new original character i don't think this is a character we've seen um in anything before i think it's a completely new character um it looks like they're in dc super girls super um the DC superhero girls, the yeah. cartoon show. Yeah, it looks like oh. there's a version of her in the cartoon. That's kind of cool. Um, this uh, I saw this in the trailer with her jumping on the helicopter. Uh, and I told you I had this whole movie pegged from the start. I knew it. I knew exactly what was going to happen with the helicopter as soon as she jumped on it. Uh, and uh, it is what it is. You got the you got another cool alien looking character people thought she was gonna do something cool uh i guess she did something cool uh and then and then not so mongal cool uh good looking character yeah um i think the um so if 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 mongal exists that would mean the existence of war world but if it's a gender-bent Mongal, would Mongol then exist? Do you think there's two of them? Or is Mongal uh, owner of Warworld? That's my main no, question. No, I, I think they have Mongal here to 
you know, establish the DC universe and not kill off Mongol. You know, like they're like, oh, like I want to have this character. Yeah. Because there were so many characters that they um, thought about bringing in here. It's not just um, the ones that they said. They they went through a whole list. I mean, here's a quick list of, of characters that they considered that they didn't bring in. Sportsmaster, uh, Dog Welder. Easy. Oh, my Bat- God. Sportsmaster should have been in fucking Suicide Squad. Batmite was considered to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, like the weasel thing. Yeah. Livewire, Punch and Julie, Black Spider was yep. supposed to be. Can't do uh, that. Death- you 100% can't do that. Well, with Black Spider, you can. You could do it. The no, the, the the critical the, the the audience reception of that is the wrong. That's where you can you can't do Black Spider because the the reception of it will tank you. That's like you're done. I think, in my opinion, if if DC Comics were to make a Black Spider, uh, it's just well, just having him there would be something. It's just Peter Parker. Yeah. Well. He's Peter, not, but like, he is. Like that's it's just. But the, the thing same is, is like he would have he would have brought in Black Spider, and then they would have killed him immediately. Okay, and and that would have been something. Okay, uh, other characters they were thinking about bringing in Joe uh, Machinelli's Deathstroke. Um, that would have been something interesting How to does, see. What's his last name? I can't pronounce it. I just I Manginello. Manginello wasn't isn't it Joe Manginello? Manginello. 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 Yeah, something like that. I think we're making it worse. <laughs> Sorry. Man Bat, Plastique, Chemo, KG Beast. Doesn't exist. So you can't bring him in because we already used him. Uh, Solomon Grundy, Rainbow Creature, Gunhawk, Knockout, Killer Frost, Mr. Freeze, and Yaya Abdul-Mateen's Black Manta from Aquaman was also slated. Um, could not use Bronze Tiger or Katana because he didn't want anti-heroes. He just wanted actual villains that he could kill off okay and you definitely cannot kill off katana no her sword uh, steals your soul or bronze tiger you don't i mean you're gonna bring in bronze tiger like there's so much you can do with that character i don't know if you knew um, this but katana's got my back <laughs> yeah you know who doesn't have your back our next character blackguard played by pete davidson jesus christ here we nate, go nate yeah how do I get Pete Davidson's job? How do I get to be? I don't know. My, Go be a schmuck and and live and beat the streets of New York for ten years or something. I don't. I don't know, Mark. I don't. I don't know. Um, I'll go on record to say I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson fan. That comes from Saturday Night Live. I don't even know if Pete Davidson is his biggest fan. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. The guy has like. I mean, he's living the life, that's for damn sure. And I'm applauding him for that aspect, you know? You do you, it's, but uh, I don't care for you, my guy. It's like his... Shit, hell, maybe if I met him in real life, it'd be like, hey, you're a nice dude, I enjoy you, but also, maybe not, you know? Maybe maybe, maybe you got too big of a head or something along the lines, but uh, no I matter what, I don't care about people... Pete Davidson. I don't know what it is about him. I I think his success is that like anti charisma, like there's like whatever his brand is, like whatever people love about him. It's like, 
I who cares about it's him? like and I he think he's one a... YouTube or something. It's like he's a he's a YouTube personality, but for some reason they put him on Saturday Night Live, and and I, cable television. And I think he he's also in that same position where he just thinks of where he is as like I have no idea how I'm here. Like and I like that kind of energy that he brings. Like even in this movie, is is exactly like his personality, which it, it is a cameo. He he was in this movie because there was a lapse in Saturday Night Live, uh, you know, and they were just like, "Can I be in this movie?" Sure, and like that kind of sure energy is his whole shtick, and that's like, how do I get that job? How do I not give a shit? And get paid millions of dollars for it because that's and told that you're a good actor, and like that's his whole thing, and it's like I, I don't know maybe if maybe when you're friends with Judd Apatow you get special treatment or something I don't know I have so much jealousy for whatever Pete Davidson's you know how people are like you know you see memes of people like with clown makeup on it's like here's me getting ready for my forty hour work week as some kid makes millions of dollars playing Minecraft on YouTube yeah like. That's me about like knowing that Pete Davidson gets paid a lot of money to do jack shit. Mm-hmm. Like, and this movie is like, I just like, of course. I mean, like, of it's fucking course. In relation to this movie, Pete Davidson is in this movie for Pete Davidson's sake. I think, obviously, he knows people to get him into this sort of circle, but, uh, you know, give him a character that we kill him off in the first like 10 minutes or whatever. That's fine. Cool. Said and done. But the fact that like he's, uh, you know, his face Popular. is right there. Yeah. There's no mask. There's not there. He's just doing Pete Davidson. It's just like, uh, God damn it. It's like when you would put Fabio in your movies in the nineties, he was just Fabio, you know, beautiful man with great hair. And that was the whole shtick. You even wrote your lines of your dialogue to reflect his hair or how good he looks or whatever it's just like you do the opposite with pete davidson it's like you need a you need a a nobody that's just tossed to Mm -hmm. the side put in pete davidson he's got the familiar face his face looks goofy enough that people say that guy's funny and put a a bullet in his face i don't know um didn't care i don't know anything about blackguard i uh I think I did care. I think I cared too much about the character, just being like, or Pete Davidson, just being like. I, I knew going in it. that Pete Davidson was in it, so I already knew, like, okay, I just got to check out when his stuff is is happening, just because it's. It's exactly that that noise that I just made is is my feeling. Yeah. That whole thing, <laughs> Pete Davidson. I uh, I hope we don't over romanticize pete davidson after he's gone and i i just think like i feel like he's gonna be one of those people where like i feel like pete davidson's gonna be one of those persons that passes away early and and like because he just doesn't care give a shit most of the time and like we're gonna have like this whole chris farley bit where we over romanticize him post-mortem and it's like let's not paint this picture that he was a funny comedian because he is fucking off. It's just not, he's not good. He's not a good comedian. Um, he's not even a good actor. Like I see him in SNL and I'm like, damn, this boy does not care. Yeah. He does the whole like Jimmy Fallon stick of, 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 of breaking and, and, you know, realizing that he's on a set, but it's just like, 
did right, we dude. did yeah we did that we fallon did that i mean and it's not just like the whole thing of like oh you're you're redoing you're just doing what this person did like no by all means you know do what someone else did but make it your own but like don't lean uh too too hard into someone else's footprints i don't know it's just yeah. i don't care i don't care about pete davidson hell that's even starting for me to question you know lorne michaels life yeah <laughs> like it's it's too. one of those things where it's like man that was something changed and uh i guess you're just trying to get younger people i don't know whatever pete davidson blackguard said and done big deal he uh so, his whole point was to sell out team one you know awesome yeah. sean gunn playing weasel and calendar man so the latter, best part of the movie. Best part of the movie is Calendar best Man? Best line of dialogue in the entire movie is said by Sean Gunn as Calendar Man. And this is because I just love it. I love Calendar Man. Anything that has to do with that just wacky Gotham, I'm mm-hmm. in 100%. And his line when he was talking to Polka Dot Man, yelling at him, I laughed out loud. That was the moment that I, you said you laughed out loud when they were killing everybody in the resistance group and everything, the militia. I laughed out loud and hard at the calendar man line. That was the best thing. I went back after the movie and like replayed it. Cause well, one, I was like looking at, uh, you know, members in that in, in yeah. and stuff, but like, I was just like, I gotta, I gotta listen to this delivery. This is such a good delivery. Sean Gunn is hilarious. I think he's yeah. so funny so freaking he does funny. a really good job he's um, great it, it, there's so many and, and speaking of that yeah, there's there's a lot of great characters in that bell rev bell reeve however you pronounce it um, yeah they did say bell reeve in the in the thing when we talked about this when we were doing suicide squad but it's bell yeah. rev it's bell rev come on bum that uh, eric was, like baron holtz wasn't there that really bummed me out oh yeah there was no ike baron holtz. really bummed me out because yeah, he could have been there. there was a shot of a guard that was laughing at the calendar man joke that could have been ike that should have been ike could have yeah. been ike that would and you know what's it's, what's even more weird and maybe it had to do maybe it was a scheduling thing or maybe it just wasn't offered or whatever but all of these people most of these people sean steve Agee, like a lot of these people have ins you know no people um with uh uh like that superstore show that i was watching um Ike Barinholtz's brother is a main character in that show. Him and his brother have a new series coming out that they're going to be starring in together. I can't wait to watch that. I think that's going to be funny as hell. The two of them are fantastic comedy actors. Um, but damn, I really wish Ike was in this movie. I feel like it was just like... Like you could have shouted to, you know, people... Uh, uh, someone standing two people away from you and said like, Hey do you know if ike is available can we get him in this and someone's like yeah hang on let me call whatever his brother's name is um john i don't know yeah um you know there's a lot of great characters in that in that penitentiary um crazy quilt was was one of them there she was a crazy quilt amazing in there. yeah it looked amazing lady crazy and then, quilt and then behind uh calendar man um I'm trying to remember what his name was. It wasn't Scarface. No, no, no. I, I thought that was a... Um, so my first 
when, when I was watching it without pausing or anything like that, I saw him and he did have like big scars on his face. One of the scars yeah. on his cheek, I thought it was in the shape of a diamond. So I was like, is that a weird kite man that they're like making him have like kite tattoos or no, something? No, they didn't, they didn't bring in kite um, man for this. So like I went around and I like paused it and stuff like that. So what my opinion is on who that character was, I think he was just a member of the Royal Flush Gang. He had like a spade tattoo on his, that's what the line on his face was. It was like a spade going up. So I was thinking that that was just a member of a Royal Flush gang. Um, Gabe was also like, is that Zaz? He's got cuts all over his face. He's got weird scars. I'm like, I don't think so. Cause Zaz has like, uh, no, tally marks and and shit. Yeah. And he's, and he's in birds of prey. Yeah. So he's, he's not there. He's dead. Um, but uh, yes, I thought that person was a just a member of the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, there's um, uh, I knew I knew the name recently, but I can't remember. But it it, it is a it is a Batman villain um that I can't remember. But it is another one. You know, um, so, so you know definitively that that person is a character from Batman. It's not a Royal Flush. If gang. I were to. If I were to remember the the name, I could type it into Google. I would show you a photo, and it's like verbatim. the The guy looks exactly like that, mm. um, and so that's why I was trying to remember exactly who um, who that. Character Try to remember is. what you were looking at. Try to remember what types of words you were typing into Google to find that picture. <laughs> Honestly, I need to know who that was. Um, I'll I'll pull it up and. Um, I'll get back to you on that. Okay, that's fine. Um, the only other but, characters that I saw that were in there that I think, and I texted you about it, but I could be wrong because um, it's after Bloodsport and um, Peacemaker are, uh, get King Shark and they walk to go to get uh, Polka Dot Man. Um, and they, I believe, are walking through the women's section um, of of Bell Rev because there's a bunch of ladies there and they're clapping and cheering as the the beef dudes are walking by him and stuff like that. But yeah. also Polka Dot Man is in that section, so that to me that says like, oh, that's not just women. Anyway, behind the two of them as they're walking into that room, there are these two characters uh, leaning up against the wall. One of them has like really bleached platinum hair, and the other one is like short with a little bit of platinum dye to it, kind of in the um, I don't know what this hairstyle is, but it's like, you know, the emo kind of thing over your eye. The emo haircut. Yeah. I thought that those were the Terror Twins. And it makes perfect sense that they were in Bell Rev. Could be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would have to look back and comb through them again. I'm trying to, like, go through the list of characters here. Um, and it says here, Kaleidoscope. Oh, so that's who uh, it is. Not not crazy quilt it's kaleidoscope yeah it's kaleidoscope okay um at first i thought it was metamorpho like oh okay yeah i get i get that's who i thought it was at first um because i was trying to look for who that guy was with the scarring was um but i'll have to i'll have to come back to that um but for sean gunn for the weasel character i was like this guy's not dead. There's no way this this weasel thing is dead. I remember when it happened in the movie, and I was just like, that that thing's not dead. And sure enough, at the end of the movie, uh, that weasel thing's not dead. And it is terrifying to watch that thing run away in the middle of the night. Yeah. I thought about it. I was like, if that thing was in my house running like that, uh, I would be terrified. As uh, 
crazy image. The other character that I was just looking for that we've just been talking about um, is actually not a Batman villain. It's actually a Flash villain, uh, Double Down. That's what I was just about to say because I just pulled up the uh, the IMDb and I was looking and the picture of him has like a bunch of cards or something on him, like Gambit. Is he Gambit? Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I don't really know if there's anything special about Double Down. Um, it just I had to look up that he was from the Iron Heights uh, Flash comic. Um, so like and there, so yeah, really, and oh, this is really cool. One one of the DC fan pages it actually has the picture of him from the movie. Yeah, and it looks just like the character. Um, and so that's all I can say about that one. He was an Arrow. Um, yeah, they have him in in the Arrow show as well. I don't really know what he does in that one because I don't recall Double Down being in that show at, at all. It probably was just like in one episode. Um. This next character, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Um, I I have to say, I, I'm a huge fan of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. I've always wanted to see her play the character. Love her in Birds of Prey. Um, she has a subplot in this movie that I think doesn't need to exist. Um, and I say that not because I don't like the character. I, I love the character. I'm saying it because... I don't think it adds anything to the story. Um, there's a subplot where they find out that she is captured by um, the Corto Maltesians. So they then go to rescue her. Um, she gets out on her own and regroups with the Suicide Squad. Um, the killing of Presidente Luna, the whole weird montage that they go through with him and her is odd. Um it just seems like when she gets captured and by the time she breaks out of being captured, it doesn't have to be in the movie, but it also might be like, maybe if we cut that out, there wouldn't be enough Harley Quinn in the movie. So we have to have the subplot. It's a really odd storytelling, like separation, like, Oh, let's separate Harley Quinn from the suicide squad. Let's, have her do her own thing for a bit but that's just it we are trying to separate harley quinn from joker harley quinn is not joker's girlfriend anymore yes there's still like mentions of it she's got tattoos that say you know property of mr j or whatever the hell um well property of no one it's it's oh is it retattooed okay so there you go it's just we're and i'm that part i'm happy about Rebrand your mm-hmm. character, separate the Harley and Joker. One, a Harley and Joker relationship is not good. You need to hit yourself over the head with a damn rock if you are thinking that that is a good dynamic in a relationship. It's not. It hasn't been. It never was. The whole point of that was supposed to be bad. Like, read between the lines, but, you know, the space between those lines are acres wide. Um, I, I, I enjoy that they are trying to separate Harley Quinn from Joker and making her her own character. She is Harley Quinn, even now. I mean, it, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is a standalone Harley Quinn. You can do anything with Harley Quinn, and it's great. I mm-hmm. like that, but I also think that this subplot was supposed to, like, really drive that home. Harley Quinn, she can yeah. sleep around. She's not just in love with Joker anymore. It's like she's doing other things. She's she's over him. He's gone. He tried to kill her. Yada yada yada. Just separate the two 
and that's fine. Harley Quinn is not Joker's girlfriend anymore. Yeah, it's. I just think it's weird because they 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 build a lot up to break it back down again, and so they capture Harley Quinn. They bring in Presidente Luna. She kills off Presidente Luna because um, she's Harley Quinn. Yeah, she's Harley Quinn, and then um, Suarez takes over, which is like the general who then takes over the Corto Maltese regime, and then sh- and then he becomes the f- f- I don't know bad guy in the movie for a bit, and then she breaks out of that interrogation scene, um, and I just don't care about any of it until she does the breaking out when she gets out of being a prisoner that's a highlight that's amazing i love that and i love seeing that but i i kind of wish we'd just gotten to that point there um i don't need to see the president de luna stuff i don't really think it adds anything to it because we also just have a birds of prey movie where she does everything of what that means is in that movie so go watch birds of prey you don't have to you know so I just think it was a little too long. They should have cut it down. They should have just been like her being captured to her being interrogated and just streamline that from point A to point B. Um, she's great. I was really nervous. I thought they were going to kill her off in this movie um, because they said he could kill off any character and I was just expecting it. I was like, I'm going to be even more upset if they kill off Harley Quinn. She's the only one I'm not sure about. Um, if they're going to do so or not. And I was really expecting James Gunn to just be like, no one expected that. So I should just do it. Right. I should just kill off Harley Quinn. I should, I should do it for the shock value of it all. And I was really nervous. I was really hoping that they wouldn't do it. They don't do it. Thank God. Um, so that we can get more of her in other things, but she does great. I mean, she, she follows the, the James Gunn jokes that they write for the movie. Um, so is it my favorite Harley Quinn movie? I mean, there's only really three. The Birds of Prey is fantastic. Um, this movie is obviously better than the 2016 version of Su- Suicide Squad. So it, it just, yeah, it's it's a good bit of Harley Quinn. Um, I think more people need to watch that animated show because that's an amazing Harley Quinn movie. Um, bit of you know storytelling that i think people should check out um and also speaking of that harley quinn tv show uh king shark is in both that show and this one now steve ag plays king shark like on screen as a stand-in mm-hmm. on the set but sylvester stallone plays the voice of king shark um i really like king shark as a character in this movie, I think they do a great job balancing the idea that King Shark is dumb and the idea that King Shark is extremely intelligent. Sometimes they do either or. They either like he's really intelligent or he's really stupid. Uh, I've seen some iterations where he's an idiot, and man, do I hate those stories. Um, the Dark Apocalypse War, the animated movie, is one of those examples absolutely hate that version of king shark he even does a whole group bit where instead of saying i am Groot," just king shark is a shark and that's all he can say over and over again and absolutely hate that but in this one pretty good what do you think 
I really enjoyed the King Shark in this movie. Um, I really enjoy King Shark in general. I think it's great that we got a King Shark on screen, honestly. I mean, you take the idea of just like, okay, you get Hulk, you know, you get your CGI big, big muscle character, and mm-hmm. it works. Um, I, I really enjoy King Shark. I think he's great. I think he's always excellent when he's a part of the Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, we pretty much just traded out Killer Croc for King Shark in this, in a sense of like just muscle and intelligence, yeah. I guess. But uh, um, I thought he was really, really fun in this in this movie. Um, I didn't get got uh, about the jokes that he was doing. Um, they they didn't hit for me, but that that's fine. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. It was nothing. Um, Sly doing the voice. Hey, good on you, man. Yeah. Good on you, dude. Um, that's why I said I was like, oh, I think Steve Agee is is King Shark in here. And Gabe's like, no, it's 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 Sly Stallone. And I'm like, yeah, like he does the voice, but like, isn't he like mocap? And I think Gabe was like still like staunchly against, like, no, dude, it's Sylvester Stallone. And I'm like, I remember seeing Steve Agee saying that he was King Shark, but that's just me. Anyway, so yeah, he plays him on screen. Um, I think it's cool that they have that. I like that they were calling him the Nawe. Like they gave him his name, and yeah. they they made a point to say like he's you know shark god. Like that's that's cool. Yeah. They made the a point to yeah. They, the they they brought in the mythology, which in turn makes you understand of uh, an inkling of his power. You know, yeah. It's just like the type of unstoppable godlike man shark. I mean that's. That's wild. Yeah. Um, thinking about stuff that they could do with that, like, I want to hear Jason Momoa as Aquaman say the name Nanawe. Like, I want him to acknowledge that he is a being on the planet and that he exists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, that's Nanawe. I don't, I don't fuck with him. Like, <laughs> I want yeah, those I would love- things like that where it's like, that's that's really cool. Or Anything of the sort, um, you know. Obviously, we always want connect, connecting tissue to these movies and, and such. Um, yeah, but it's cool. I thought King Shark was was very fun. I thought he was a cool, uh, you know, heavy hitter muscle character. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I think uh, it would be great to see King Shark come back uh, in in the next Aquaman movie. I think that kind of would be a cool little tie to the two movies. But my only gripe is that if we're Sticking with this 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 character build of having the CGI uh, dim witted muscle, you know, like your Hulk, your Groot, your things like that, for these team up movies, it's gonna get old. It will. I think. I think they'll. I think in whatever next story that they tell, if it has King Shark in it, I think they will. Uh, Edu- he'll be a little bit more educated now. I think he'll be able, but he is he is very intelligent in this movie. Um, it's almost like that same thing where it's like he's smart in his own language, you know, and they kind of allude to that. But I think they'll push it more to like, no, he is very intelligent in in a sequel if they do one. And um, in the 2016 version, they were going to have King Shark, but then they subbed it out for Killer Croc. Um, so they had planned from the beginning to always put King Shark in Suicide Squad because in the comic books, 
I think the current iteration, I don't know about exactly right now, but new 52 and then rebirth, they had King shark as like um, a a big character Mm -hmm. as as part as part of the main cast. Um, So skipping on, uh, let's go through some of these other characters. Obviously Idris Elba as blood sport. Um, I love Idris Elba. I think he's fantastic. Great in this movie. He was really good in this movie. Yeah. I liked him a lot in this movie. I think this is just perfect casting for, you know, the character that you want. And I think the Will Smith Deadshot thing, you know, they wanted to keep that separated just in case Will Smith ever wants to come back as Deadshot. But I think this was a better that character concept. Yes. It was the same exact beats as Deadshot. And that's what I said. Like Gabe, Gabe brought it up too in the first like minute. I was like, you know, they did the whole daughter thing. And I was like, oh, so he's doing Deadshot. Gabe's like, yeah, it's the same beats. I'm like, okay. And that's it. I was fine. It's like, okay. And they do it, it better. I it got does, it. It's better. Yeah. Um, it's unfor- unfortunate to admit that, but it's like, yeah, it's the same exact character type, but Idris Elba has that charm for that character. And that kind of old yeah. man energy. And they didn't play into a relationship between Deadshot and Harley. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, they, they they do it better by having the father-daughter relationship between him and Ratcatcher 2, um, which is a character I didn't expect to be that important, but that character... Well, I, I did expect her to be an important character, but I didn't expect her to be the actual heart of the film. Um, which, uh, Daniela Mel- Melchior. 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 As Ratcatcher um, 2? As Ratcatcher too. Yep, um, I knew her father was gonna be Taika Waititi. I knew it f- from way back when they said he was in the movie. I was like, probably Ratcatcher one. Oh really? I didn't even think that. That's cool. Yeah, I was kind of delightfully surprised when when I saw that. I was like, oh, is that is that Taika Waititi? It's like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay. It's like okay. Um, it is what it is. I I tried to like not think so much about it because I think a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, Taika is in the movie and stuff like that. But it's like. Okay, but if someone were to come see this movie in a vacuum, shouldn't they just be like, it's a father figure? Like, I shouldn't have to be like, oh, it's Taika. I should just be like, oh, it's this girl's dad. Like, I should be more into the story and not so much about the actors that are playing them, right? Um, So it's cool. I called it, whatever. Ratcatcher 2, phenomenal character. Um, She has a lot of heart and a lot of care for the other characters. Even though, like, this is a movie where we... or not a movie, but just the Suicide Squad is about these characters not mattering. Not they don't matter, and then we can kill them off, and no one will care about them. It's about her caring for them that makes it important. Yeah. Like she sees the worth in all of them and the value, and which is what the movie says at the very end, of the, at the end, which is important. I I really do love that, and that's the part that surprised me about this movie, where it's like I'm glad that they put that in there. I'm glad that they had that notion of like these people matter you may not think that you matter but there is always going to be someone who sees your worth and that you matter um we talk about it in dawn of justice all the time um her rat sebastian is played by d bradley baker <laughs> i didn't get that i didn't know he had a voice or was doing noises or anything i mean like if, that, you, but... if you just want to just if you want to have a safe bet any beeps and boots it's either going to be d or 
uh, what's the other guy's name? Schwartz. Uh, ben? Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Or the other, what's the other, uh, what's the dude, uh, the other Saturday Night Live guy? Barry. Uh, oh, c- no, oh, come on. Know. You know the guy. Oh, my God. Why can't I think of his name? I, w- I can't think of he it. He did the BB-8, too. Mm. Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. That guy. Oh know. my god, really? We're forgetting this man's name and he's been like, anyway, whatever. You know who we're talking about, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, the rat was great. Rat was great. Everyone loves the rat. Everyone loves rats. They took a note Everyone from Doom Patrol, rats. I guess. Yeah, rats are great. Um, David, uh, I'm always going to mispronounce this because I want to say Dalmatian and it's not. Uh, but Polka Dot Man, mm-hmm. he's a great actor. I think he's great in a lot of things. The whole polka dot man shtick that happens throughout this movie uh, is really, really good. Um, I think it really reminded me of the comic books, especially him always seeing his mother and then they kind of like, like they impose his mother onto every person in the room, uh, whether it's Starro or the Suicide Squad themselves or people in the bar. I think that imagery of always seeing his mother and them doing that kind of visual effect feels like comic book pages. Like I can see that in a comic book and being like, this is how someone views the world. That was really well done. I really did enjoy that character. Mm -hmm. I did not enjoy killing that character the way that they did. It was like typical subverting like shock value thing where it's like I'm a superhero and then boom dead I'm past that like I'm so like whatever it was not good yeah. I couldn't I can't be like oh that was awesome that was so funny so unexpected whoa that was wacky so quirky it's like whatever you just killed the character yeah Wow. The shock at, no, at a certain point, anymore. the shock value goes out the window. But uh, yeah. But hey, for for this man, what is it, David Dash 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 Milchian? I can't pronounce his name. But I cannot. The dude I is a stand-up guy. I mean, coming all the way yeah, from so from Dark Knight and making his way up the ranks, the dude is killing it. Yeah, I I love everything he's in, um, and. And I, you, I'll, I'll always. Uh, that's the thing. Him as, um, you know, the 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 inmate in in the Batman Schiff, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's so iconic. It's wild to me, right? It's like he I have to. Like, like he's got one of those faces where it's like, oh, I know that guy's face. I, I've seen it before, but I always have to like refresh my memory of oh his face is from batman like he's that guy because we got really good close-ups on his face you know and then he's in the ant-man movies and all these stuffs now but yeah he um always plays very different characters he's even he's he's in gotham as well i remember that and um the tv show Mm -hmm. and he, he you're right he's always recognizable but always playing different characters. Like he's not typecasted no, necessarily. Not at all. It's wild, right? It's, and that's hey, that's chops right there for you. And his character is one of those characters in the movie that like you start to really care for. Um, and it, I thought it was important that he cared for 
this character that was called Milton in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. But then it leads into the kind of like Guardians beat humor of like, okay, let's stop everything and have this funny conversation about who Milton is. That's when it lost me. That's when I was like, all right, we're we're diluting this really golden moment of a person caring about someone who just died. Like this person has been with us this whole time. No one cared about him and now he's dead and we don't care, but they got to do this whole who's who the fuck is Milton? Like, and it's like, Oh, ha ha. Very funny. It's like, no, please go back to that. I want to see polka dot man being upset about some random dude dying because that matters. And that was the only part where I was like, all right, they finally did it. They did one of those beat character, beat things like, all right, let's stop everything mm-hmm. for this joke. And um, I can't stand it when they do those things. But that's what people want to see from James Gunn. So you got it. I guess so. I guess so. Whatever. Yeah. The last character I want to talk about is Peter Cabaldi's thinker. Chef Kiss. Yeah. 100%. That, that was fantastic. His monologue of him like telling Rick Flagg and all the all the other members of like what essentially they're doing like look like I mean like and his whole shtick of of the sorrow stuff and everything like that was fantastic. I mean Peter Capaldi is an amazing actor to begin with, but like him doing oh, yeah. the whole him like getting angry at like the situation of just like you know in a run of the mill mil- military coup that you guys are all fucking up like that is I w- it was so good. I thought that monologue that he had his little explosive bit was incredible i thought he was really really good in the few moments that we saw of peter capaldi doing doing the thinker yeah yeah absolutely uh, he um he he carries the character very well um i think just like his whole world his whole atmosphere which was like the secret Jotunheim lab, which Jotunheim is is pulled from the from the comic books as well, um, is really cool. Like I love seeing like the way he operated and like how those Starro, like the, the smaller spores were on humans and how he was using them and just having his way with them. Like how disgusting that character was. I think it was really well done. Mad scientist. I think. I think there could have been more from him. In fact, I probably would have taken a subplot of the thinker more than I would have Harley, Harley yeah, Quinn. 100%. That's, yeah, I think that I would have been have like... should have been the subplot. Yeah, I think it should have been like, Harley got captured, but let's bring in the thinker as kind of like the interrogator or something like or that. Or the dude like, that wants more... world domination. The guy that actually has the plan of like, this is there's bigger stuff here than just Corto Maltese. Yes, exactly. And I think it was a disservice to bring in Presidente Luna and and Suarez, the the general, and and give them spotlight for when it doesn't matter, and then have Thinker show up in a bar. They capture him. They bring Thinker to Jotunheim, and then that's it. And then he's torn in half. It's like I feel like we're missing more Thinker in this movie. Yeah, I agree, especially if. If they're going to bring in Capaldi to just put light bulbs on his head and walk around for a bit. <laughs> in tennis shoes. Yeah, it's like we, there could have been more of him. Um, and I wish there was. Um, 
But I think that's a good stopping point. I don't know if there's any characters I'm missing that you wanted to talk about. Um, I'm sure everyone will just be spamming R.I.P. Milton because it's funny on the internet mm-hmm. and everyone thought that bit was so funny and hilarious, but it's the characters that they have in this in this um, movie are really well done. Um, they do a good job with the characters that they bring in and I think the movie does a fantastic job adapting that storyline. Starro, I think they do a great job with Starro. Round of applause for, for that. So that was my my biggest takeaway from this movie, The Suicide Squad, is that I mm-hmm. got to see a Justice League storyline in a live-action movie. Starro is a Justice League-level villain. That's stuff that is, you know, you need Superman to come in and, and take care of it. When you subvert that notion and make him, you know, the the failed Justice League take care of it, that is a fun story. There's so mm-hmm. much that you can do with that. And they did, excuse me, they did a lot with it. I think it's great. Um, but the sole fact that we got Starro and the little star-crossed uh, little face suckers and stuff and a good amount of screen time of it, that's good. Yeah. That deserves a round of applause. You set out and you saw this larger-than-life, you know, intergalactic villain that that DC Comics deals with on, you know, in in, in crisis books, in in crossovers, and and these big team-up books, and you bring them down to make that the villain of the failed team-up story. That's great. I thought that was incredible. I thought it was really, really cool that I got to see Starro on a live-action big-screen movie. That's really cool. Yeah. That's my main takeaway. I got Starro. You know, yeah. as a diehard Justice League fan, that is a storyline that is just always in the back of just, you know, when are they going to do it? Or we need to make a, you know, a Justice League storyline or whatever. Like, who's going to be the big villain? It's like, yeah, you got Space Starfish, man. That's a whole thing. That thing takes over planets. That's, 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 that's a league level event. And I got it in a Suicide Squad. I'm happy. I, the, the two things I really like about this, and I think Starro is perfect for this movie because um, it's silly enough. Like, it's it's funny enough to be like, oh, giant starfish monster. And it's also terrifying that it's Starro. And I think that's the perfect way to sum up this movie where it's like, it's funny, but it's terrifying. It's disgusting. It's rated R. It's like Starro is a perfect big monster villain for something like that because you can get into this cosmic gore situation where it's like an alien starfish is literally digesting people from their face like it's really cool to see that and you can get all the gross anatomy of of starfish um and then it's also nice that people accept it like and i don't want to hear people saying like oh star wars should have been in the justice league movie or anything like that because like that's the same kind of criticism people had about, oh, Doomsday needs his own movie. It's like, they don't need their own movie. You don't have to respect the source material verbatim. You can have things like this where it's like, we're going to do a, a John Ostrander Suicide Squad movie where Jotunheim, but underneath Jotunheim is Starro because Starro is not going to fit in a Justice League movie anymore. Like, we're in the year 2021. We're not in Silver Age comic books anymore. Yeah. Like. If you want to do that, become a director. Say you want to make a campy 
you know, 1930s version of Justice League and make something similar to like Watchmen, but instead of deconstructing it, you reconstruct superheroes in that kind of golden age and and then do it yourself. But like, don't be like, oh, this is awful because Star Wars in this movie and not fighting the Justice League. It's like these adaptations, they can be this way. And it it pains me when someone says that, you know, characters have to be in, in, in the books that they come from. Um, yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to see a, a Death of Superman Doomsday movie. I want to see no. Dawn of Justice, where Doomsday shows up and kills Superman, and it's a surprise to us every time because it's so tragic. Um, and I, and I, Star- I think that was the thing that that Gabe may have been um, calling me out on as we were watching the movie. You know, he said like, "All right, Nate, not everybody read the source material," and I I understand that. I get that. And my point wasn't really like oh, it's just like the comic books. Oh, they, they did this different from the comic books. No, my point is just being like, you had somebody on your team flip through pages of these books and and pull storylines and pull characters from different iterations and incorporated them into your Suicide Squad movie. That is, in my opinion, the best way to go about making a comic book story an original comic book story you're making like you just Mm -hmm. said you're making it your own but the fact that they're still pulling these ideas from existing books you know just starro in general the fact that he pulled starro from jla and was like bam we're twisting into an ostrander story that is worthy of applause that's good yeah everything else in between flesh it out <laughs> yeah. that's why i think it's like that's why i think it's great that it um if people like this one i, I definitely recommend they check out suicide squad hell to pay because it does the same thing it brings in characters that you don't expect to die and then they do die and like the and bigger they thing have is the 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 card like that's the like the, the bigger card. thing is starro it's like yeah you're doing the task force task Jesus, the task force. When are we ever going to get this? The task force X mission. You're doing it. We saw that. I mean, Rick Flag was doing it. Yeah. We got all that stuff. But the the consequences of that mission should be bigger. And those consequences need yeah. to be things like the hell to pay card. You know, get out of jail for free card, or th- things like this Starro event. You know, that's yeah. a planetary event. Yeah, it doesn't get to the planetary level, but it's the bigger underlying uh danger yeah i think i think that needs to be one of the staples of any suicide squad story is that you get these killable characters you do the whole dirty dozen thing and then at the end of the movie the climax you discover the suicide squad they they stumble on something bigger than them that's part of Yeah, part of the DC universe, which is like Starro or the Hell to Pay card, some Justice League dark stuff. With the 2016 version, it should have been that they stumbled on Steppenwolf. Yeah. Mother Box, Parademons, Mm -hmm. like that which leads into Justice League. That's what it should have been because when you get to, okay, we found Enchantress, let's go kill her, whatever the movie is, and it's just like... And then that's it. All right, so there's no surprise. There's Yeah, nothing is a surprise... That's the mission. Is just so, uh, N- NBD one or whatever, N- NBE one, non biological entity. Yeah, that's Transformers. It, yeah, 
And uh, so, yeah, I think that needs to be more of a staple is where they stumble on something crazy about the DC Cinematic yeah. Universe. Find, um, like, I don't know, Pandora's box or yeah. whatever and bring Pandora in and start alluding to a multiverse or something. Or like, more do magic. something crazy like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Um, the only thing we have to look forward now is a Peacemaker show. It is what it is. I'm more excited about Peacemaker himself in the show than I am excited about more of Amanda Waller's uh, team. Yeah, I get that. Which is, I have a question here. Go for it. I'm reading the IMDb of just like cast list to see if there was any uh, named comic book characters that we ha- may have missed. Um, and apparently, mm-hmm. and I think this is, and I don't know where he showed up or anything, but uh, uh, Vigilante is in this uh, movie um, mm-hmm. and it's the vigilante a la Arrowverse um, it's not not uh, Wild West cowboy justice not Riders. the cowboy yeah, not not yeah. that vigilante yeah. not Justice League vigilante it's the bad guy vigilante apparently he's in this movie and he's going to be a main character in the peacemaker show I have no idea where he would have been in this movie absolutely none I don't recall not at all. Not at all. I don't know. Um, but I, he's credited. I'll have to look back into the Bell Reef prison and see if there was a conversation between Peacemaker and someone else that I may have missed. Um, yeah. Because I've only seen it once. And normally I watch these movies twice before I try to give it a yeah. review. But and the only, the only way just... that you'd be able to tell he's vigilante is like the futuristic soldier yeah like that's the only thing that that would be like a tell of being like oh yeah there he is um i don't know but maybe they did something it seems like there were ideas that were put in place in the Arrowverse of these you know b-team characters of just like okay this is the idea of that character that it seems like they're just drawing from that now and maybe that's because it's easier digestible uh to some Mm -hmm. people it's like okay you know vigilante like you know you know this guy um what's his name adrian chase like you that name is a household name if you were to watch arrow so let's just bring that character into the new ip you know possibly it's just like a small pool that they're just picking and choosing characters and and rinse and repeat i guess yeah they can kill off more of these kind of sports master or you know sports master master, sports master all those people yeah Deadshot, like they can just start bringing in all of them because even Deadshot used to just be like another Deathstroke type character. Like, so we're just building up more and more into that, and um, we'll see where they get to on that. But it's it's an interesting uh, pivot point for Peacemaker to to be that way. Um, I would have really enjoyed if they would have put Sportsmaster in this movie. He's got the, the the look and everything like that. I mean, like it's wacky enough. Get get him in a hockey mask and a baseball bat and stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's Sportsmaster. He's doesn't look any different than Peacemaker with the toilet bowl on his head, you know? Yeah, exactly. I um, and he would have been another beefy character to add to this roided out, you know, trio of dudes that we got. It would be, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up here. And I think about Peacemaker. I think Peacemaker is a good way to do a spinoff of Suicide Squad. I don't even know if I want to see a sequel. Uh, this movie's really good, but I don't know if doing a direct sequel to this movie 
would be the right choice. I think they have to think outside the box here a little bit. And I think Peacemaker is the best way to go about that because you can still kind of do everything that happened in this movie, but you don't want to redo this movie as a sequel. You don't want to bring James Gunn and be like, Oh, do a suicide squad sequel and have him do the same song and dance because then that would really show some wear and tear. The Peacemaker, it works better that way. Um, I think you could. I think. I think it's it's a lot easier to to just do the flavor of the week type villain storyline and stuff. Yeah. And I think. Hey, if he's if his whole job is to just go around to the other you know villains or or, or what have you and is just like nabbing people to collect back and take back to Belrev, that's kind of cool because we get to see, you know, like what they were doing in the first couple seasons of Flash, where it was like here's this villain here's how they fit into the storyline just for the one week said and done let's move on to the next one it's fun uh there is a point where that gets played out way too much and we saw that with flash um but if they're doing the same thing you know why not why not my whole point is like i'm excited to see just other b-side dc characters um Mm -hmm. and not in so much of a dramatic way, like how Flash or Arrow were doing it. Yeah, I think this one would serve best as a mini series where they can go deeper into the villains of the DC universe, but not so much as drag it out and become like the CW shows. Make it a mini series, make it like six episodes. Uh, each an hour long and just go and kind of rinse and repeat the the ebb and flows of the Suicide Squad and Amanda Waller's team and everything and do your show that mm-hmm. way because doing a movie, a whole another two hour adventure of Suicide Squad would be really rinse, repeat. tedious to do, to do it it's- again. The miniseries you can rinse and repeat and it would still be effective because that is their jo- that is their daily life to do it over again but to do a whole other movie like that would make it feel like it's climbing a, a mountain all over yeah. again uh, whereas this would be like this is just the day-to-day life of peacemaker and argus and all of yeah. that so um but i think this this movie is a good argument for releasing the other version of Suicide Squad, the 2016 version. And it would still be a PG-13 version because it was, they were told to make it a PG-13 version of the movie. But I think it would be better to see that version that we talked about, or that movie, the way it was intended to be, to just be like, okay, so this is what an actual drama of Suicide Squad would look like, as opposed to this kind of violent adventure that, John Ostrander was doing and that James Gunn adapted, it would be nice to just see what David Ayer intended because he wanted it to be more like, you know, we are uh, atoning for our sins by being part of the U.S. government now. And if we die, we die, and that sucks. But, like, that's the that's our repent oh, Jesus. for our sins. Oh, I, guess, I didn't pick that up, but I guess you're right because, like, the three main characters are, like righteous in their own sense you know what i mean i didn't think wow i didn't think that the bulk of the characters are actually 
for like a redemption story and not just yeah wow. that's, no so like that's, that's i mean that's whole, the whole shtick of suicide squad really but like that gets thrown out so quick because it because when you are dealing with the villains the villains are just going to be villains they don't have to atone for anything they're already bad they don't need to change but see that's the thing we've always argued about is that there is no good person bad person it's the choices you make and to say diablo is a villain is not true diablo just made a bad decision but boomerang is a bank robber and he loves to make bad decisions and he won't stop being a bank robber but if he did and he wanted to be a good person he's on the suicide squad making good making good choices is doing that and you are it's it's hard to explain but you can try to change who you are absolutely and i think that's what they were probably trying to go for with what david air was trying to go that's for that's what david air was trying to um, go for i don't think that's what this movie was trying to go for <laughs> no this movie no 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 this one is like <laughs> this one is just uh, this one we are bad guys we do bad yeah, guy cannon things fodder. and yeah um yeah so it's it's a really good fantastic suicide squad movie that's all i can really say about this movie it's really well done um i think everyone should go see it yes Um, i i enjoyed it i really i I liked this movie um i will give it another watch at some point um but i'm I, i that honestly that might be it it might be the same type of thing with like um Oh God! I was gonna say Shazam, but I didn't even. I watched them. I watched Shazam one time, and then have tried to start it multiple times, and I just I stop. But I think it's also good in the same way. It's like it, it like in their complete opposite as far as what they are, the stories that they are. They're yes, the different ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. but they are director visions, and they do a really good and job. And they're fun and um, bright, and and. And adventurous type of movies, um, but this but one so is more so Z- than than Shazam. Yeah, but I I think the Zack Snyder movies as well. They're also grand and adventurous and colorful yes. and, and fun. And I think people need to accept that those movies too are like that. None of them, you know, are the end all be all comic books. I don't. I think it's wrong to say that James Gunn or Zack Snyder are the gold standard of, of making superhero movies because I don't want us to fall into that monotony. And like, that's what Marvel is fighting out of. Like, like I don't want the movies to end up like that. I don't want them to become monotonous and feel formulaic or 3d printed or, you know, like fast food or theme parks, whatever people want to use as buzzwords on the internet. Like, I don't want it to become like that. The Suicide Squad is just a great example of a director being able to make a yeah. movie. And it's fantastic. We saw that with, I, I think the only, the best comparison would be um, James Wan's involvement in Aquaman. You know, mm-hmm. he was, he got to make the Aquaman movie that I think that he wanted to make and also tie in some elements of his own uh directing abilities like horror aspects and adventure and it's like this is and and visually striking things obviously um 
And I just think it's, I, I think we're now at a point in the DC comics where it is, they have a better grasp of um, doling out the stories to, to directors and, and storytellers that want to make their own story versus Marvel where, you know, obviously we are still in a formula and it's still the, the Russo yeah. brothers, you know, they can't do no wrong. That is incredibly stupid and incorrect way of thinking. But uh, I think right now, I think DC Comics has a better grasp of doling out their movies um, to particular uh, to, to people that have particular visions. And yeah. yes, the waters were very, very, very muddy for a few years there. Now I think they're starting to get it a little bit under their belt and are starting to realize like, hey, <laughs> hey, this isn't Zack Snyder's movie. And they're doing a good job at that. And I'm not saying that like it's and that shouldn't be taken with a negative tone. It should just be DC Comics now is doing a better job at differentiating between Zack Snyder and and everybody else. And before that, it was like, not everything has to be Christopher Nolan. And exactly. And that's what it was before. You know, it was all Christopher Nolan style. It was all just that mindset. Now I think we have a better grasp of DC being able to give people the freedom to tell their stories on their specific IPs um, as opposed to the Marvel formula. Yeah, where they actually have like a, a B team shoot their action scenes for them and it's like, okay, well now there's no there's no stamp of any director yeah. involvement yep. in this. The last time I saw that was um Ryan Coogler's Black Panther. That's where I was like, This feels like someone's movie. Um, I mean the only thing I would yeah, say let's... about like Suicide Squad is that it feels like it's someone's movie is um the licensed music. Oh yeah. And, Sh- and Sean Gunn being in the movie, obviously. <laughs> you get your boys, you get your peeps that you know, you know? Um, but yeah, the licensed music was definitely the stamp of James Gunn's beautifully dark, twisted mind. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, please no, stop. I'm not going to stop. That is going to be the tagline forever. You did this, DC Comics. You did this. You made the wrong decision. Yeah. That is not the right thing to do <laughs> DC Comics I'm getting it tattooed on my body DC Comics read the room <laughs> that would be such a weird tattoo hey what's that tattoo mean? oh it means exactly uh, what it means DC Comics needs to read the freaking room <laughs> and they'd be like alright uh, walking away yeah, exactly and that's fine uh, I'll be like okay good <laughs> <laughs> walk on uh so yeah the 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 news that we've been hearing around just on this movie we had one friend who thought it was fantastic they loved it uh saw it twice seeing it second time with you nate i was gabe yeah Um, okay yep the other one thought it was god awful and but watched the whole thing and (laughs) i guess still thought it was a terrible movie yeah which fine you can have that opinion the other person was so invested that they stopped watching it because they were so upset about it. And now they asked me, they asked me the other night if they should continue watching it. Um, you said absolutely. And I told them, 
Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, you know, they were like, they said, you know, truly sad that this is how DC is viewed. I'm upset. Um, I'm texting him. May he rest in peace. Still talking about Captain Boomerang. Did you watch the rest of the movie? I didn't finish it. I told him, yeah, I finished it last night. And he said, did you like it? I kind of hated what I saw so far. And I said, it was a good adaptation of the original Suicide Squad books. Um, James' iconic beats and storytelling, not always my preference, but I he did a really good job adapting it. There's definitely some subversion of the characters for shock value and that kind of stuff just dates itself so fast, I told him. Um, and he's just kind of upset about, you know, just the direction that the movie is going in, which is an okay criticism in the sense that you can have preference. You can be like, oh yeah, I don't prefer this. I prefer this instead. Whether to say it's a bad movie or a good movie that's subjective. You cannot be objective. You can't be like, okay, it's a bad movie. You can't say it's a garbage movie. I think that's a completely wrong take. I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, whether you want to watch it again or not, that's up to you. Yeah. Um, we had some other people who voiced their hot takes in. Um, Jeff Hamel, one of the listeners of our show, he says, uh, <laughs> I don't have any big thoughts, just that it fucking rules. <laughs> The first 10 minutes of this is better than all of the original Suicide Squad movie, which I think is a, it's, you can kind of accept that. I, I kind of accept it because like the version of the movie we see in 2016 isn't so great at all. It's, it's very confusing and muddy and just not really sure if you should care for any of these people. Um, it's, it is like there i don't think there is a part of suicide squad the 2016 movie that is memorable like that first 10 minutes of this movie is so i think that's a really good take uh for this movie and then eric uh he's also another listener on the show we've we've met him a couple times in person great guy Um, love you eric definitely yeah he's always got great input he says um you know, I laughed several times, but this movie has a lot of heart. Um, and that, um, yeah, he just, he, he really thought it was just a really uh, unleashed version of, of James Gunn's vision. Like, definitely more adult than Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, for but sure. That's, that's, that's the reward you get for being allowed to create comic books in the way that you would want them I to. I agree. So I think, yeah. It's fantastic when you're able to do things like that. And what so better team up do you want to try to tackle than the Suicide Squad? Honestly, like if you if yeah. you are coming from a, a a a position where you're doing these team ups, Motley Crew type, you know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrel type deal, what better IP than to do the villains, the bad guys, the Suicide Squad? You can be camp as you want. You can be destructive. You know, it's really just like. Un- unleashed is perfect what what yeah. eric said it's a play with your action figures that's what it is honestly um, it's really what it is that's all that's what we want to do we just want to play with our action it. figures we want to tell the people this is the story that i made up in my mind when i was 10 i think um the smartest thing james gunn did is just pick this ip because they were like we want you to do a, su- a superman movie they wanted to get him into a superman movie and he said don't really want to do that and they said well you can pick any other IP you want from this list of, of 
IPs that we have. And he said, let me get the Suicide Squad because I can do whatever the hell I want with them. And I was really jealous that David Ayer got to do it. So I want to do yeah. that. So I said, okay, That's cool. you can do That's it. That's cool hearing that and he was jealous that David Ayer got to do it. That makes me feel it's so like, good. It's the perfect, perfect choice for him because um, he got to do exactly what any of us would want to do, which is adapt the source material the way that we remember it. And that's exactly what we see here. So it's fantastically done by him. Um, and the only thing that you can criticize is just things that you would have done differently, which is how I feel about it. Um, and it's the same way that we feel about Zack Snyder's movies. It's like, you can disagree with what Zack Snyder has chosen to do with his movies. That doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just, you would have done things differently. If you, if you don't want to see Dawn of Justice, become a director and make your own movie. That's my only advice I can give you. So with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Join us on there. Let us know what you thought about the Suicide Squad. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And we'll catch you guys Monday for minute number 81 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh yeah